Hello, it is Tuesday, January 15th, 2019. Last week I said 2018 one time. Ty Schmidt let it slide. Ty Schmidt got accepted into Harvard. So what does that tell you? No, I apologize for that mistake. It'll never happen again. Today, we have the greatest football conversation I think you'll ever hear in your entire life. Pro Football Talk is the biggest nerd when it comes to NFL stuff, and we just dove in and picked the hell out of his brain for like 40 minutes. Incredible conversation there. We talk about life. And by the way, at the end of this show, there's a brand new segment. We're not a segment show, but we made one. Old Cuzzy might have been a little bit high this weekend. <laughs> Watching late night TV when Semi-Pro came on. I watched Jackie Moon deliver the goods. Get the funk out of my face. 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 If you don't like my music, you don't have to use it. Yeah, I watched it. I had a great time. And they came in for a little team huddle. And they brought it up around. Let's get Tropical, because they were the Flint, Michigan tropics. Mm -hmm. They were preparing for the Mega Bowl after he fought a bear. What's the, what was his code word? Spumoni. Spumoni. <laughs> I don't need no code words. <laughs> there will be no refund. Your refund will be escaping this death trap with your life, he said. But whenever they said, let's get tropical, in my state of mind that I was in, after the Colts got shocked by the Chiefs, we'll talk about it later today. You're going to enjoy that conversation. Also, Gorman was in Ursa Suites. You'll get to hear the inside mm -hmm. of an owner's team after they get shocked in the playoffs. It was awesome to see. But I thought, let's get topical. So we've been building up our YouTube page, Pat McAfee Show. We're up to 105,000 subscribers. The Pat McAfee Show. Sorry. I'm sure Pat McAfee Show was one I made in the past. I forgot the password, too. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. a couple out there. That is exactly what happened. The Pat McAfee Show has gone up to 105,000 subscriptions. And I guess people enjoy listening to me rant about things. They like to hear my thought. So I, with that in mind, because a couple sponsors have told us, like, hey, build up the YouTube so we can also get involved in that. That's where everybody's at. It should be easy for you. So I, we put out a couple of me ranting during the podcast, and they do well on the YouTube. We, we're going to put them here at the end of the podcast. If you don't make them, you don't make them. Just know that I got topical. So we let's get topical at the end of the show. You're going to enjoy it. I talk about everything. I even solved the fucking egg Instagram thing. Mm -hmm. That was wild. And I actually, I solved it while answering the question, which was good. I'm happy I could do that. I don't want to give it away, but it's an inside job. Wow. It's an inside job. Talked about the rock. Yeah. Somebody crushing the rock. That could be an inside job as well. Think that's an inside job as well. <laughs> I'm too woke for this shit. <laughs> too woke for this stuff. Anyways, that's at the end of the show. You're going to love it. This show, I feel very good about. I feel very good about it. And the only thing I feel better about is where I buy my tickets at. Because I buy my tickets from the number one ticket buying app on Earth, SeatGeek. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying apps and finds out what you deserve to know. What is the best price for the best possible ticket? What are the other people charging? What's the best rate? Where are you going? What games do you want to see? What theater show? What comedy show? SeatGeek has it all. And you use promo code PAT right now on your first purchase. You'll get $10 off. Wow. Wow. Pretty good deal. Wow. You want to go see the Hamilton? Maybe it's traveling around. You want to learn a little something about a little history? Huh? Mm -hmm. His name is Alexander Hamilton. 
I only know that because I went and saw Hamilton from my friends at SeatGeek. You can also go to the playoff games this weekend. Championship games are a doozy. Go check that out. Chiefs are going to be in electric environments. Environment. So is New Orleans. You can go. To, you're going to. We're going to talk all about that here in a little bit. SeatGeek has tickets for everything. Promo code PAC and ten dollars off your first order. You're alive, but are you living? Go live with SeatGeek. And also, we give you all the information you need to know on football. Today might be the best football conversation you've ever heard in your entire life. Being serious when I say that, we dive deep. So that means one thing and one thing only. After today's conversation, you're going to be a smarter human. So that means you only got a couple weeks left to make money off of football. And the only place to make money off of football and gambling is at mybookie.ag. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G is the official gambling website of this show and everything that happens here at Pat McAfee, Inc. Mm -hmm. You can gamble on everything, the weight that's being lost in the office. The boys are struggling right now. They're all in 14, 15 days into a fast, and they're all miserable, but they're cutting weight like no other. You can bet on the boys losing weight. You can bet on the boys playing in the football this weekend. You can bet on reality shows. You can bet on everything at mybookie.ag. It's the greatest gambling website on earth. And if you follow them at betmybookie, they will respond to every single tweet, every single DM, and let you know what's going on, when it's going on. Shout out to mybookie.ag. Use promo code PAT and get a 50% bonus on your first deposit up to $1,000. Let's not get crazy. We're not just trying to give away all the money. We had 100% at the beginning of this year. You didn't act on it quick enough, so now you get 50% bonus. And they might drop it down because we've been bankrupting these motherfuckers, except for this past weekend we all got crushed it's neither here nor there let's dive into this conversation divisional weekend was a crazy one uh-huh. man. Oh, yeah. i'll tell you what i feel like as a man who played in the nfl for eight years uh-huh. all pro couple pro bowlers kicked off a super bowl uh-huh. got a chance to really see the entire nfl we we're undefeated my first year and then we went almost completely defeated a couple years later. <laughs> I've seen the top. I've seen the bottom. There is something that I should have known. And I sent it in the group text. I sent it in a group mm-hmm. text. All last week after Sean Merriman went on a full run and a full rant, <laughs> all the bro, bro, bro bets saying oh. Chargers plus four. Everybody was talking about this. I looked at the NFL morning show. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the Chargers. And I saw that, and then I went in to put in my bet. And as I was going to put in the bet for the Chargers plus four, I even said I was going to take it strictly because the bro, bro, bro bet said it, nice. strictly because Sean Merriman came on this yep. show and he said he wanted to punch me basically yep. if I didn't. <laughs> I went in there and I had the full intent mm-hmm. of gambling and betting for the Chargers and for Phillip Rivers, especially after that video comes out of Phillip Rivers mm-hmm. for two minutes just talking in a hilarious fashion. With no curse words, talking shit (laughs) better than any human I've seen talk shit with zero swearing. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually tweeted that the only reason why Mm -hmm. I was betting on the Chargers was because of that video. But I lied to the internet. Mm -hmm. I didn't lie to you guys in the group text, though. When I finally got in there and I went to bet against Tom Brady, I went to bet against... Bill Belichick and that old fucking guy up in the booth. I don't know who he is. And Gronkowski, who (laughs) somehow found a way to still play, even though they're talking about retirement. He's basically had a three-week break, by the way, because Houston losing to Philly really changed the game here. Houston losing to Philly changed the game because New England secured a bye week the first week. Mm -hmm. So they basically had three weeks to get healthy going into this. And as soon as I want to put my bet in that I've been saying all week, what everybody was saying, 
go. I couldn't pull the trigger. I just couldn't put my money on the Chargers. So I bet on the Patriots. Good for you, dude. And I bet on the over. And it was a bet that I was willing to lose. Mm-hmm. I was willing to lose it. You were happy like, either way. I was like, listen, Chargers win here. I look like a genius for sticking with all mm-hmm. my friends. But if the Patriots win here, I at least win. And then once you start watching that Patriots team in Foxborough, it's like, why, 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 why <laughs> did any human, including me, think that the Patriots weren't going to do exactly what the fuck the Patriots did? It's to the point now where it does not matter how many humans they have on the field. Let's just assume that Belichick and Brady and McDaniels are going to figure it out. It, it, like this upcoming weekend, right? They're playing against probably the most talented football team in the mm. NFL right now. Mm-hmm. They got no chance. The Chiefs have no fucking shot. The Chiefs have no fucking shot against... And I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I'm pulling for the Chiefs hard. And we'll talk about the Chiefs-Colts game. And we'll talk about the amount of fucking... We we put a... a, a Kansas City is a huge city for our show. A huge city for our show. We actually have the stats and the record. We Kansas City is a huge, huge listener of this... Sh- listening base of the show. We put out that Patrick Mahomes shirt. I couldn't take it. I had to fucking delete the tweet because all I got was Chiefs fans just talking shit to me. And then I got Colts fans talking shit to me. I'm like, yo, we're a small fucking business. Get off my ass. I had to delete it because the amount of like just dumping on the Colts there was because the Colts look bad. We'll talk about that. But the Patriots, can. I think they can make anybody look bad. I honestly oh, yeah. believe that. And it has to feel good as a Patriot oh, fan. It feels good. I'll tell you what. I mean, the whole week, the, the cold was kind of a thing. We said that from the beginning. You said that. I said that. And uh, I think right away you kind of saw that. A lot of players were getting hit and then coming right off for the Chargers. They weren't liking it. It's just you show up in Foxborough, okay, and you got these rabid fan base, Mm -hmm. this rabid fan base in there. The things they used to say to Vinatieri, who won them a couple games, was just awesome, right? Like, that's the type of fan base that you want, personally. Mm -hmm. Now, I come from Pittsburgh, obviously. I mean, it's just the way I enjoy people that Mm -hmm. talk shit. The fan base that you want is a fan base that everybody hates, right? I mean, that's exactly... It's just like Richie Incognito. Mm -hmm. I assume every human hates him, but if he's on your team, you'll love him. Just like the fan base. I assume everybody hates Patriots fans, which you should, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're a patriot, you gotta love them because you get into Foxborough and it's just a whole it's a gladiator atmosphere. <laughs> you're taking on an entire region of the country, it feels like, and everybody just shit on themselves. This was the year that the Chargers were traveling all over the country. They had no home games, mm-hmm. they had no home field advantage. We'll play you here, we'll play you there. Nothing can stop us. And then they looked like an amateur football team. They look like an amateur football team so against bad. that Patriots team. Yeah. So bad. They look bad. I did the same thing you did on Sunday morning. I had like I had a parlay this weekend with KC, LA, uh, Philly, and then San Diego. And I woke up Sunday morning Los and Angeles, I was Los Angeles. No, San Diego. And then I woke up <laughs> on Sunday and I was like, I feel terrible about this. I have to hedge it. So I at least hedged it and took the Patriots just strictly because I had a. It takes a lot. I mean, it's easy to talk about San, or the Chargers winning all week. But then on Sunday, when it comes to it, when you're going to put money on it, put your fucking money on it. It's a whole different. So I, because I, I mean, I've lost by 50 in Foxborough in the AFC Championship game. I, I mean, I've been a part of a couple rumblings and bumblings and absolute massacres mm-hmm. against the New England Patriots. I've been on the opposite sideline. The, it's and then Tom Brady after the game says. <laughs> 
Then he said, I know, you guys all think we suck. It'll be fun. We'll see, is what he says. Oh, like, yeah. So now the greatest player of all time has a chip on his uh, shoulder again? And then Julian Edelman was doing an interview with Deion Sanders afterwards and basically said the same thing. He mm-hmm. was like, everybody thinks we suck. Basically, I'm like, fuck me. So now, <laughs> so now Belichick has the greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL thinking that they are real underdogs, mm-hmm. which they are, by the way. I guess the Chiefs are favored again, which yeah. is mm-hmm. fucking outrageous. But it, it, now that entire operation, which lives and dies as it's us versus the world, somehow has a chip on its shoulder again. And Tom Brady wearing that black turtleneck all the way up to his fucking gin. He was slinging the ball better than I've ever seen Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Those the, the break, the bye week, the two weeks in the TB 12 with the avocado ice cream and all that shit with old Herrero on the side. His knee looked healthy again. Mm-hmm. This it, It's happening again. It's happening again. And I just don't know how you stop it. I have no idea how you stop it. I don't think you can. Patrick Mahomes. Oh. He's a wizard, dude. Okay, so let's talk about that. Colts look terrible, man. Yeah. Unbelievably mm-hmm. bad. Hell of a run for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's not get crazy. One mm-hmm. in five, brand new coach, and they rattle off 10 of their last 12. That is a very, very good success story. I thought there was a chance maybe that the bye week would hurt the Kansas City Chiefs offense since it's not Andy Reid season anymore, but it turns out that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Patrick Mahomes is a stud, man. That guy can sling the fucking rock. Any any throw you can even imagine. The one where he was on the left side of the two, the his lineman and the defender who's coming at him, and he threw it around him to Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It was I I don't I didn't have words for it. Like, Travis uh, Kelsey had a huge game. He sent me a DM last week basically saying we think we can beat anybody. I was like, oh fuck. That kind of shook you a little bit. Yeah, your confidence took a hit there when it, you read that. It was on Friday. It was on Friday live at the Wayouts, mm-hmm. which will have uh Another way out on this upcoming Friday. Also, PMI Live Lounge on our YouTube page tomorrow at noon. Kind of keeping up with the weight loss, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But I read that DM for the first time Mm -hmm. live on air on Friday. And Gorman was like, sounds like a guy that shook. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This sounds like his message was this. So I said, can I get a quote to read on my podcast Mm -hmm. about your mindset going into this weekend against the Colts? He goes, just do your job and be yourself. Don't got to be anything more than that. The playoffs tend to make people believe you have to be better, when in reality, it's all a mind frame to just play your best with minimal mistakes. Rise to the occasion when called upon and play with a sense of urgency. We feel we can beat anybody when we play our best. And there was three exclamation points at the end of that. (laughs) And I read that and I was like, not good. Not (laughs) good. That is a team that sounds ready to. He had all the talking points of a team mm-hmm. that is ready to go. Listen, we don't have to play better than anything. We just got to show up and play ourselves. Bum, 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 bum. And they did just that. And Travis Kelsey had a huge game. But that Chiefs team, they, they might as well just just completely fisted the Colts offense, too. Yeah. There was nothing. I, I was going to yeah. say, as good as Mahomes was, the Chiefs D looked great. great. And for a struggling team in the regular season, man, they came three sacks on luck. I was talking. Was I was talking to your dad earlier, and he's like, "After that Colts game, I wanted to fucking puke." <laughs> he's like, "He's like," and I might agree with him. He's like, "I don't know if Luck has like the he has it in the playoffs. Like, does he care enough?" Like, well, it, that's an interesting thing because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, right. He's such a nice guy, and they had this one and O mentality that got scoffed about on the internet, obviously for the flag. But they've had this one and O mentality, which is a bad PR. I mean, it's bad. Look, <laughs> as soon as that flag went up. Yeah, but you can't. Like, as the coach, you got to know. Like, you have to have a little bit more self-awareness that you can't just run with that flag. If you want to have that, like, week 15, week 14, mm-hmm. cool. But mm-hmm. putting that flag up after the first playoff win makes it 
appear as if you're celebrating being one and zero in the playoffs. I agree, and he went on you know a ten game run there where he just wasn't touched, and now all of a sudden he goes from that to man, I got like a split second to get rid of this ball, or I'm fucking on my ass. See, but in my head, they have that one and zero mindset, right? Where every game was a playoff game, even the week ten game. That's how yeah, they yeah. were treating mm-hmm. it. So as an athlete, mentally, it's like, hey, we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. One and zero. One and zero. One and zero. That's all we got to do. But then whenever the situation gets big, that can kind of ruin, alter that thought. Whenever everybody is telling you how big of a game Mm -hmm. this is, it's kind of hard to keep pushing like, yeah, we just have to go 1-0 this week, just like we want 1-0 in week 13 or something like that. Mm -hmm. It kind of changes things mentally. And it looked like the entire team was rattled, to be Mm -hmm. honest. It looked like the entire team was rattled. I thought our defense really stepped up in the second half. But there but was just could nothing be because, on the offense. That I mean. could be because the Chiefs laid off too. Right. So it's you know what I mean. It's it's. I think there's a lot of optimism going into next year because you got a long cult, young culture. But boy, that was a long fucking game, man. That was just an ass beating. Gorman, you happened to be there. I was. How was it? It was awful. I mean, it starts with Eric Ebron. Catch the football on the first drive. I know. Just catch the first down, chip away down the field. It didn't happen. I mean, we had no first downs in the first half. You got Vinny doinking goalposts. You got Eric Ebron. And what, four or five passes batted down at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think yeah, it was like yeah. six. Or yeah, I mean, Big momentum. They were killer. jumping off sides. We side. couldn't run the ball. Chris Jones is a monster. Yeah, he's all he's could not run here, the dude. ball. You're and then that's when they went, came in with the game plan. Frank Gregg just told everybody, hey, we're going to run the ball. It's what we do. And when they couldn't get anywhere with that, it's like they just kept doing it. I didn't see them like, all right, let's let our gunslinger let go a little bit. But, of course, fuck, he, was, he only third, had so much time to get rid of the Third ball. and one, empty backfield. It's like, what are we doing here? We're on the road. It's, it's crazy snow. It's windy. Third and one, empty backfield. Doink. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I, I didn't understand. And... The Colts' defense against tight ends, 32nd in the league. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to – they're going to exploit the tight end, and he's the best – one of the best in the league. It's like they had no answer for Travis None. Kelsey. Well, also, there was a couple of plays there where they dumped it off to Travis Kelsey where I think they actually had Tyree kill for a touch. Yeah. There was there one – was a screen yeah. where they faked the screen to Hill and then went back over here. If they would have thrown that screen, I'm pretty sure Tyree Kill was scored. Tyree yeah. Kill threw a deuce in Clayton Gathers' face. <laughs> yeah. He was down. He was yeah, down, yeah. ruled before down. But he pops up, barely down, by the way. He gets tackled by one guy, barely down, pops back up, looks Clayton Gathers in his face. The- Clayton Gathers might have a step on him, actually. Looks him in the face and throws the deuce, and there was nothing Clayton Gathers could do about it. Nope. This is a professional athlete. Clayton Gathers, NFL safety, incredible football player. Another human just looked him right in his face and said, there ain't shit you can do. <laughs> I am about to run right the fuck by you right now. I saw that, and I was like, yo, this Tyreek Hill dude is getting uh-huh. out of control. He's got confidence, as he should, by the mm-hmm. way. I don't know. This Chiefs-Patriots game, the AFC, I think, I, is, is represented by exactly who we thought it was going to be represented yeah. by if you go back to the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs team, though, it, it, there's just something about playing that them having at home is huge because mm-hmm. the home up the Chiefs. This is a rowdy place. They're throwing snowballs at fucking punters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that place. That was great aim, by the way. Great aim. Yeah, that was a really good throw. Great aim. That hits Rigoberto, though. That's a penalty, right? 15 yards, first down. Mm-hmm. Something to think about, Rigoberto. Something to think about. <laughs> that was perfect timing, though. Perfect timing. That's some stupid penalties. Think about this Colts team, all right? Think about 
you know, back into the mix, back in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Playoff win, first round. They're down 17. I mean, they, they play and catch up the whole time. One good play defensively, these guys are dancing on the field. Mm-hmm. These guys are swimming. swimming Don was hit. not happy about that. 15 yards. Don Nico Autry. By the way. corner with the you know, safety. I saw that was, all weekend, though. I mean, what are we doing out there? Just hump. Yeah, but what? <laughs> look at the situation they were in. I mean, that was a that possibly could have changed the momentum. I mean, that was a big fucking play. The air hump to the right you in the face. <laughs> you can't do the hump. It was incredible <laughs> that he did the the full Val Venus. Yep. Full valve Venus, hip spin thrust, one and a half laps around he gave that thing. Yeah. And that ref just, you could see right the ref face. look at him and go, you can't fucking do that to me. <laughs> hey, if this was the umpire, maybe. If this was the line judge, possibly. But the head ref you're going to have thrust in front of? No way. Throws the flag 15, first down. Five. That's all she wrote. Congratulations, your first stop of the fucking game. Do a fucking happy dance. Just for future reference, I mean, if you think from a human standpoint, he yeah, did yeah. just get a sack on Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in a division round playoff game on national TV. He's been working his ass off to get to that point. So I don't mind the excitement no matter how far down sure. you are. Is that flag thrown if he's the opposite way around? No, I don't. If he doesn't do it direct, if he doesn't put his dick directly in the ref's face, I don't think it's a that ref. You saw the ref look at him and just like, yeah. I wish there was another shot from the other side of the ref just going like, what the. What the fuck yeah. are you doing here? Imagine I mean, you, if they had you, the ref cam on, too. You saw other players celebrate. They knew how to do it. I mean, he knew. Fuck, that was out of control. For years, you could do whatever you want. You just can't fuck your hips. You yeah. <laughs> I think, I honestly think he didn't even realize that the ref was there. Mm-hmm. So excited that they got a little yeah. bit of success. Let's celebrate this. By the way, that, that celebration and that type of thing is contagious, by the way. That is something that can spark your team, especially a huge sack like mm-hmm. that. I think he didn't even realize the ref was there until maybe one time, like maybe halfway around, and then he saw the ref, and by that point, you're already <laughs> you're already cocked. You're already cocked. Yeah. You got to just let it go. <laughs> and then he goes for the other one, and then he sees the thing. I think it was just... I think that ref stepped into it too. By the way, I, I think that ref walked into his way. That was an interesting situation. You got to air pull out. At you got to pull out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you, you do. can't. <laughs> hey, pull out, man. Hey, if the ref is it, you got to quit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to quit. It's a real thing. I told you this was going to be a good conversation. I told you at the very beginning. I said, "Hey, we got a good football conversation for you." We're all in. Pretty good spirits in here. Mm-hmm. The, the conversation was flowing swimmingly. You know what I mean? Swimmingly. In fact, my brain was moving so fast with the boys in here, I am going to be exhausted when I get out of here tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be exhausted. And you know how I know that by tomorrow, I'm going to be completely rested, recharged, and re-ready to go? Because the mattress that I sleep on is the greatest mattress that the world has ever found. Lisa. Whew. That's L-E-E-S-A for those keeping track at home. Mm-hmm. Like Lee, sa, resolve to rest this new year. A quality night's sleep. Oh, pull on. They, they, they really, this is a full on, this read right here. I, I understand that I guess the best way to sell it isn't just to say, hey, this mattress is the greatest mattress on earth and it shows up at your doorstep. You don't have to do anything creepy at any of these mattress stores. And if you use promo code McAfee, you get $160 off. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the best way to sell it. I get it. So resolve to rest this new year. 
A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnout, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing, science, to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. All of them. And they've done it. If you're a little frail guy like Foxy who can't make a dent in most mattresses, the Lisa mattress can fit you. If you're quite sturdy and dense, yeah, mm-hmm. like me, yeah. the mattress works for me. Lisa has done 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to find the mattress that works for everybody. Ty Schmidt, mm-hmm. frail little fella, mm-hmm. tiny little guy, eat terribly. You know, I actually... I. I don't look like I weigh as much as I do. So the uh, the Lisa, it, it's helped me out quite a bit. So at like carnivals and stuff, state fairs. Oh, never, never once have lost a guess your weight competition. Me neither, by the way. Me neither. I walk into those things and they're like, uh, 205. And I'm like, cool, you're off by like 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you check the ass, cuzzy? You're the same way you're saying. Yeah. Because you look, you look like Foxy almost, but you're saying you got a lot of weight on him. I think I probably got about 30 pounds on Foxy. You carry it well. And the bed carries you well. Indeed. That's what it does. It n- nurtures you. Mm-hmm. It cradles you. It makes you comfortable no matter your body shape or sleeping style. I cuddle on my left side with the lady until she falls asleep, and then I sleep on my back. I'm a back sleeper. Okay. I don't snore either, by the way. Really? I don't snore. I don't. I breathe out of my mouth, mm. but I don't snore. <laughs> I can snore if I have to, if I really need to turn it on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it's a really dry night and I need to shut my mouth, sure. I could get the snoring going, but I'm a, I, my nose, it's huge, but I can't breathe out of it. I don't know why. It's been a problem like my whole life. I'm assuming I broke it somewhere. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's large. It should be able to inhale air. My nose should be able to inhale air like a fucking bong of beer, and it can't. I'm upset about it. Anyways, Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's rest for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 31,000 mattresses and counting donated. Do the math, Foxy. It's a lot. If 31,000 mattresses were donated and they have the 1 in 10 program, how many mattresses roughly have they sold? We're doing this right now. We are. You're a millennial. Uh, you just got out of school. You just got out of the prestigious Michigan State. Yep. If they are only giving away a mattress for one every 10 that they sell, and they have given away 31,000 mattresses and counting, how many mattresses in total is that? Okay. Gut instinct. <laughs> 310,000 mattresses. Let's go! boy. Don't give Michigan State credit for that, okay? I went to media school. We'll give my high school credit for that. I'll tell you what. I was excited to hear what answer was coming out there. There was a chance that he guesses completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. There was a chance that you come nowhere near right, and I was ready for that moment. But instead, what what did Foxy do? Came through. Well, you know why, though? My brain is working at such a good rate because... You've been sleeping so damn well. Lisa strives to leave the world better than they found it. I already read that. (laughs) No, no, I didn't. They don't... They. That doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, mm-hmm. 
Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell. So 310,000 trees and 31,000 mattresses donated and begin because of Lisa. So you're not only sleeping on the best mattress around that arrives right at your door with none of the mattress store bullshit, you're also making the world a better place. That's got to feel good. Mm -hmm. That's got to feel good. Start 2019 well-rested. And a great mathematist. Shout out, Foxy. Yep. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash McAfee. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash McAfee. By the way, slash there. Quite a debate in the office earlier. Which one's forward slash? Which one's backward slash? Try the one. If it doesn't work, it's the other one. This one goes wide right to tight left. So is that a backslash? I believe that's a... Uh Oh, wide shit. Right. Wide right to tight left. Yeah, I think that's a backslash. Backslash. L-E-E-S-A dot com backslash McAfee. Get $160 off the best mattress on planet Earth. That's beautiful. Foxy, your math there. Thought there was no fucking shot. I appreciate that. And also, I like the first version of our ad read more than the second version, if you know what I mean. You know how you said you have like your... Yeah. I think I like the first one more. Well, I understand that, but but that's because you're around me a lot. True. These people that listen, they only hear me for a couple hours at a time. These big words, which, by the way, I didn't know. Science. That could be it also. A lot of big words in the second one. A lot of big words. Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing. My selling didn't, didn't qualify them with three-plus decades of knowledge. You True. Know? And like, all the trees. The, tree, the Arbor Day. The fucking Arbor Day Foundation. Yeah. Arbor Day, big time holiday. Mm-hmm. And then how about the 31,000 mattresses and counting from the 1 in 10 program? Yep. If I don't read that second copy, you never get to show off that high school math of That's yours. good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good for them. Back to the conversation. Hey, props to the Chiefs fans that saw me walking around the corridors and on the field. I had two. Hey, Gorman, I was like, yeah, all right, what's going on? And then suck sites following that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God. Wrong God. show, wrong show. So for those of you that don't listen to Heartland Radio 2.0, Gorman calls pornos, uh, porn sites suck sites. And that's, uh, I don't know if that's uh, being an old man comment or what that is. That's but it's, they are. It's incredible. Um, but with that being said, what I was originally getting to, the Chiefs not having having to travel to Gillette Stadium, I do think, is a big deal. Because yeah, I think oh, when yeah. you get in there, you kind of the eyes get wide open. You never know what's going to happen. Is this potentially going to be like Denver back whenever Peyton was there and Tom Brady had to travel to Denver and they lose and Tom, or Peyton goes to the, the Super Bowl? I don't know. But I do know that nothing seems to shake Patrick Mahomes. Nothing seems to be too big for him. Every moment seems to be one that he's completely ready for, relaxed about, and ready to dominate. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, showing up in your stadium in the AFC Championship game is a moment that maybe could be one that rattles Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited to see how he handles it. This Chiefs team seems to be just an offensive juggernaut. But let's not assume that Belichick's not going to fucking figure it out. I mean, that's yep. that's how the Patriots fans feel. That's honestly how you have to feel. Yeah, our team might not be great. Because uh, I was just scrolling through. Because after that Philip Rivers video went huge. Mm-hmm. And it goes... Uh, 6,000-some retweets, by the way. You're welcome, NFL Films. <laughs> 20,000-some retweets on that NHL ref. You're welcome, NHL. I have yet to get a thank you from either of you motherfuckers, but that's neither here nor there. But I just I started getting attacked. By the way, anything going on in hockey? Mm. 
There's a few things. That ref's awesome. If he's doing more games, I'm watching Snoop more Dogs. games. Oh, that oh, Snoop yeah. was awesome, by the way. <laughs> Snoop was absolutely awesome. Snoop that, in the house. What's his name? Oh, Field Yates really wants you and Snoop in the booth together. Yeah, respect Field Yates. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know who he is. He doesn't follow me, but I think he gets it. <laughs> I like that a lot. Respect. I saw that tweet happen. Shout out to him. Shout out to Snoop for changing the game. That is hockey talk. But the the Patriots <laughs> fans should feel as if they're they're they feel like they're just going to figure it out. I assume, right? I mean, it's always been trust the what we've done in the past every single year, and we're back here again in the AFC Championship. It, it, there could be a hundred points scored in that game. It didn't. Fo- I don't think I, you well, think it, Bill it was, Belichick's. D- Defense is going to let up a hundo to Andy Reid. I think oh. it's going to be a fucking gun show, dude. I think it might be the highest scoring game. Of what was the regular season? 44 something? 44, it was 43 40. And I mean, I, I would agree with that, but our defense at the end of the season has really figured it out. Like, even against the Chargers there, our defense looked good. Here good. Oh, looked yeah, real yeah. good. Yeah. Gilmore, I mean, it's going to come down to, I think, so Gilmore they're, Hill. They're going to have three dudes on Tyreek Hill, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have Tyreek. That's kind of the Patriots' way. Yeah. It, it's what Matt Patricia did to the Patriots whenever he came to Detroit. Yep. It is you take away their their threat and make them play left-handed. That's what everybody says. Chess, not checkers. Make the other team play left-handed. That's what they're going to do to Tyreek Hill. Then they just got to bank on somebody covering Travis Kelsey, and let's hope Patrick Mahomes doesn't get loose. But I'm excited to watch Andy Reid potentially. Shit in his leg. They shit down. His leg? No, that's, think so. Well, that's what you're saying, but I'm <laughs> excited to see Andy Reid, to see if Andy Reid can kind of reverse the Andy Reid trend. We've been making fun of Andy Reid season for a long time now. It's why I thought the Colts had a real chance. This team did not seem like a team that Andy Reid season ended on. They seemed ready. They seemed legit. They seemed confident. Normally, Andy Reid's teams come out and they like look like they're a little bit timid. They look a little bit scared. This team doesn't have an ounce of fucking... of I agree. Nerves in them at all, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But when Bill Belichick's on the other sideline, does that change things? I, I, if I, I don't guess, know. I would imagine New England comes out, runs the ball, tries to control the clock, and keeps the ball out of Mahomes' hands, not letting him get into a rhythm. Hey, Michelle, by the way, and James White, I mean, it's they can beat you however the fuck they want. James White yep. didn't even have a carry. Those were all catches. Screen, screen, like screen. Like 14 catches, saving right? We're saving him. We've yeah. been saving James White well, for quite a God. while now, too. Since before the Steelers game, I'd say. You've we been saving been... him and not utilizing him, I think what a lot of people would say. But <laughs> saving him is a great way to look at yes. it if you're a Patriots fan because <laughs> that's exactly how you would look at it. Because it always seems, and a lot of people are mentioning this, Philip Rivers might be the most unlucky quarterback in the history of the NFL. And it seems like Tom Brady, not lucky, but it seems like things always work out for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. Seems like things always work out for Tom Brady. He gets one model pregnant, then gets another model pregnant, and he chooses the one that's worth $100 million still <laughs> 20 years later. And he's in good terms with everybody, by the way. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Butler, they're on the goal line against the Seattle Seahawks. Malcolm Butler comes up with a big pick. Adam Vinatieri hits an impossible kick to send them to their first one. I mean, it's just, it seems like Tom Brady... Seems like 28-3, yeah, everything. Julian Edelman with that catch against the Falcons. It seems like everything always works out for Tom Brady. And I just don't know how Patrick Mahomes stops that. (laughs) I don't know how Andy Reid stops that. Tom Brady is the most attractive dude possibly on earth, the most successful quarterback of all time, and now he has a chip on his shoulder. This is my early prediction. I can change and will change (laughs) with people telling me why. But I just don't see how the Patriots lose. Yeah, I don't yeah, see I don't how either. the Patriots yep. lose. I, I, I hammered the Chiefs last night. Couldn't jump on that three points fast enough. 
Chiefs are plus three. The minus, open. minus three. Minus three. That Chiefs are minus three, yeah, which yeah. basically means the the Vegas gives three points to the home team, so it's basically a pick them. Right. Give me the fucking Chiefs. Chip on the shoulder. So Patriots are plus three yep. mm-hmm. after both Julian Edelman and Tom Brady go in interviews and say <laughs> everybody thinks we suck. <laughs> My God. You can get some nice teasers right now with the Pats and a lot of points. Oh, yeah. These goddamn Chiefs, I love them, too. I'm a big fan of the way they play football. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They fly around. Mm-hmm. I like their fan base. Everybody was saying they were rude. Like, yeah, that, I like that. I yeah, like, let's, I, let's play a football. I what like that. What are we here for? There's a different star every game. I mean, fuck. Sammy so Watkins is weapons. back. Yeah. Connor, what do you guys on the road this year? Uh, uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Hey, I just want to let you know. Three and five. Yeah. None of it matters. Mm-hmm. None of it matters. As much as people bash Dave Portnoy for being such a huge fan of the Patriots, he said preseason was over. It's true. This is <laughs> the fucking playoffs. That Patriots team, it, it just it looks like a completely different animal. It looks like a completely different animal whenever they get in there. My worst fear is they go to the Super Bowl, meet like the LA Rams, and they just crush them. And then Bel- Bill Belichick just ascends into his final form because he's finally defeated like the young <laughs> up and coming Sean McVay. yeah yep. it's just it's a nightmare rips off his mask he's a lizard <laughs> <laughs> they are they are talking as if Patrick Mahomes is the next one right mm-hmm. and Tom Brady is the one so there's even added motivation onto that guy with yep. the turtleneck uh, he's going to be in Kansas City it's going to be cold so that turtleneck's coming back it, it, the black turtleneck underneath the dark blue strong yeah Strong. <laughs> it's, a, it's a villain. It's a very strong, strong I was villain. about to say the complete opposite. No, huh? for him, it's strong. I mean, we know who he is. He's a bit of a goober, but, I mean, that's strong. He's coming out there. And- I, I don't think Tom Brady's a goober at all. I mean, he <laughs> eats avocado ice cream. He's in the best shape of his life. He throws football onto yachts. He rides camels in the offseason. He's worth a billion dollars. And I don't know how you stop him. I don't know how you stop. I was thinking this this morning as a Colts fan. Imagine having to deal with like the Patriots dynasty for all these years, like when you were really good. And now it seems like you're going to be good again with the young core and everything. And now you're going to deal with Patrick Mahomes for this whole time. Somebody tweeted, somebody tweeted, oh, great. The Colts have an offense that isn't good in the cold again. <laughs> and somebody sent me that tweet. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a real, that's a real possibility. It's 825 like, outside. The thing is, though, here in Indianapolis, it is so windy that mm-hmm. you couldn't have a stadium outside. Literally, the RCA Dome was a necessity, mm-hmm. and so is everybody talks about Chicago being windy and Cleveland being windy. Yes, Cleveland is very windy, but Indianapolis, it does not stop. It is windy 24-7, 365 here. Especially downtown, because you get, like, uh, all the wind gets... It hits those build those buildings and it just goes like in a focused fashion and just <laughs> shoots extra fast in between. Like right where it's setting, if there was no dome, I mean, it would be fifteen to twenty mile an hour every single than day. Everywhere else, yeah. every single day too, because there's no hills here. We got no hills. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing stopping it. Whatever weather is coming through Illinois, it's coming through Indy next. It's just the way it goes. But with that being said, I, the future is very bright for the Colts. I'm excited to see the offense, but. This fucking Patriots. Be team. ready for him. You know, everybody's saying Gronk's not the receiver that he was. He's a great blocker, though. Gronk's this, Gronk's that. He all watched 13 catches for 180 yards against Hopefully the Chiefs. Something like, comes yeah. back. Something like that'll happen. You know he'll what I mean? Do, yeah, like, have, yeah. Dude, he's so unique, though. He doesn't have to go out and put out like a 13 catch performance. He can make two or three. They just have to be the right catches mm-hmm. in the right situation. Here, here's one. Here's one. Right after half, beginning of third quarter, they. The Chargers, Anthony Lynn at halftime is trying to salvage whatever. Okay, not our first half, boys. Got to get out to a quick start here coming out. We get the ball. It's got to be quick. Three and out. 
three and out punt. Then they get him a third down, and then they hit Gronkowski down yep. the middle where he breaks seven tackles, it seems like, <laughs> yeah. and picks up a quick 40 yards. That is just the dagger into the, the Chargers' heart right yeah. there. Going for the kill, by the way, calling timeouts with 45 seconds left in the first half whenever on a second down because they thought they could get the ball back up. They were up 28 at this point. They're mm-hmm. calling timeouts. Like, yeah, we want the ball back. We want another one. Julian Edelman returning punts, by the way. Nightmare. Fucking nightmare. <laughs> He's incredible. I don't know how he has such a low center of gravity. I'm excited for the Chiefs, though. Tyreek Hill is a different animal. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that can really change things, but I just assume just like the Patriots fans probably assume, that Bill Belichick will somehow figure it out. Yep, I mean, that's what happens, but we'll see. It's going to come down to the last possession just like the first time, so hopefully we're on the right side. <sighs> I don't know, man. And then in the NFC, mm-hmm. the NFC, the, the fucking Cowboys come out quick. Ugh. Everybody's like, here we go. Oh. Cowboys are going to make a game out of this. America's team. Jerry Jones got a yacht last week. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens <laughs> this week. And then the Rams, just just Todd Gurley and C.J. And- Anderson. Ran it down their fucking throat. CJ Anderson looks like old Zito. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Anderson looks like old Zito, and he had a shirt on. It said Cuddy, by the way. I don't know if you saw it. Sorry. It said Cuddy, and it said Bay Area slang for someone that isn't family but closer than a friend. Mm-hmm. So I think that's their take on Cuzzy, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. So I became a bigger fan of them. I'm like, yo, what up, Cuddy? Cuddy, <laughs> Cuzzy, Cuddy. <laughs> CJ Anderson, though, comes out of nowhere, and that Los Angeles Rams team looks like they're a lot of fun. But then the fucking Saints team put a uh, almost yeah i mean it, it's it's a bullet in the nick Foles legacy they mm-hmm. they did just alshon jeffrey should have caught that ball yeah, yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. alshon jeffrey owned it afterwards if alshon jeffrey was a kicker all of philadelphia probably wants to kill him mm-hmm. i don't know how they feel now but alshon jeffrey made a lot of plays for them that sucks the way it ended i yeah. guess he had cracked ribs too yeah. and stuff like yeah. that but Nick Foles is playing good football mm-hmm. yesterday. He was. Nick Foles is playing well, really good football yesterday. After those 14 points, the Saints just literally put them in a vice. And it was it was really – I wouldn't want to say it was a boring game, but after that it was just like – the Eagles could do nothing on offense. Death. It was – yeah, you knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah. Like, Their defense really fucking like held the line, The though. halftime line was Saints like minus nine. Like yeah, everyone – Vegas thought everyone everyone thought Saints were going to come back. That Chargers Patriots game felt like the longest football game in history. Yeah, oh, so long. Felt like the longest football game in history. And then the Eagles get up fourteen zip on the Saints. I'm like, oh, is this going to be just another blowout? Mm-hmm. Then we got a fake punt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Incredible distraction by Thomas Morstead, by the way. <laughs> Incre- he didn't even move his feet. Back there. <laughs> Incredible distraction. Taysom Hill starts taking over the game. I that Saints team. Sean Payton and that Saints team got some swag. It was Drew Brees' 40th birthday party last night, by the way. Um, the guy from Key and Peele, Keegan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was at the party doing shots off of a nice luge. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that from Will Lutz's uh, IG story. Missed a 52-yarder, by the way, to go up two scores. Mm-hmm. You're very thankful for that Lattimore pick if you're Will Lutz, but an incredible year by Will Lutz for the Saints. He's been doing very well. That Saints team with Sean Payton, seems to have the same thing as the Patriots. Now, granted, the Patriots much more 
celebrated much more victorious and shit like that. But watching that game, it felt as if Sean Payton was going to figure it out. It felt as if Drew yeah. Brees was going to figure it out. When you were watching it, once the Eagles started not getting first downs on a regular mm-hmm. basis and it started stopping, everybody's like, oh, here we go. The Saints are about to figure it out. It's almost like the wave just went completely over there. And I love Darren Ravel com- uh, correcting Sean Payton where he said 225. It's actually 201,000. <laughs> <laughs> I love that type of motivation, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that type of motivation because a lot of people in the NFL, love of the game. Okay, sure, there might be a couple people on each team. There might be a couple people on each team that uh-huh. are playing strictly for the love of the game. But that kind of all loses its luster whenever the GM who's negotiating your contract says, well, we're not paying you for the love of the game. What we're paying you for is this. But you also drop balls in this point, and you take the wrong step on this one. You do this. It kind of loses its luster and becomes much more of a business whenever that starts happening, whenever your body starts being diagnosed like Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. That, is, <laughs> that is whenever it's no longer a game anymore. But the fact that he rolled in that money and was like, listen, here we go. You want this three fucking games that Saints team I thought was uh, was a lock after hearing that personally after being in a locker room like I couldn't even imagine just walking out of the shower and our head coach is on a dolly <laughs> <laughs> what's up coach <laughs> what the fuck is that that can be mine hmm Okay. <laughs> hey, boys, let's get the fucking work here, huh? Hey, offense, let's score some goddamn points. No punts this week. I'd like to be a part of that. I'm a little worried about Drew. What? It seems like his arm might be uh, might be dying a little bit. There's a couple deep balls where he under, like the first play of the game. They're breaking up. Ted Ginn was The balls are breaking open. up. Yeah. So that's a grip issue, right? I don't. He does. I'm sure he has small hands. <laughs> no, he's got big shit hooks. He, uh, yeah. really does. <laughs> he does for, for, for a small. little guy. He's got big hands. But right? the ball was breaking up though, so I don't know if that's squeezing too tight or what it is. I don't think it's his arm technically, mm-hmm. because even on a ball that was breaking up, he was still getting at 55 yards. But I was with you there because Taysom Hill had a guy, mm-hmm. and he undershot him a little bit. But if you look at the ball, it was a mm-hmm. duck. You know what I mean? Could be indicative of like some arm pain or something, right? Anything that takes your focus off of what you're doing while you're doing it? See, for me, I don't know if it's arm more so than hand. For, mm-hmm. for me, that's a hand thing. You're either squeezing too tight or you're throwing it too hard. I, I mean, I am a pretty successful NFL quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I could probably break this down. But that seems more like a grip thing for the ball breaking up. Because it... I was wondering the same thing when he underthrew a Taysom Hill, and then they showed the replay of it. And you look at the ball, and it was just like a wobble, mm-hmm. like a crazy wobble, which is what Peyton, Peyton threw the most wobbly balls mm-hmm. of all time at all times through the wobble. So maybe it is like something's happening there. What if, Pey- what if Drew goes to the glove? Oh, what if, Drew, what if yeah. Drew goes to the glove? Hey, hey, Teddy, those fucking gloves really work, man. <laughs> Peyton went to the glove. I think Tom Brady went to the glove there for yep. a little bit. Hey. Ben Roethlisberger yeah, went yeah, to the glove, glove for a little bit. It's if you're losing the grip on it a little bit, you go to the glove. I don't know why it happens, though. I honestly yeah. don't know why it what happens. What about 14-0 down? Did you go, oh, this Philadelphia team, what a storybook. Oh, Anybody was, count them? I'm saying, were you counting there was the a, Saints out at 14-0? I can't remember off the top of my head. I should have written it down. There was a big play, 14-0. No it was the oh, it was the fake punt. Yeah. That's what that's what switched that. Mm-hmm. That was the whole game right yeah. there. Yeah, was, and I don't think the Eagles have like the offensive firepower to keep their foot on the throat there. Like I think you knew the Saints were going to climb back into that game. I'm intrigued by that Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles team. Mm-hmm. Intrigued. I love it. how Michael Bennett doesn't wear shoulder pads. By the way, yeah, 
Yeah, I enjoy that look. too. Get him a dick. Get the little kids. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. He looks like he's wearing Vinatieri shoulder. Uh, plus, yeah, when then Bennett and Fletcher Cox go down on yeah, like the same drive, tough. that was troublesome. Yeah. Uh, this Eagles team is so intriguing because Carson Wentz got some big ass zits on his neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, saw that. That shit was freaking me out. Yep. Stress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's young. Two he's years still in a row getting still replaced. Getting, he's young. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's stress. He, uh, he probably has a bunch of ulcers inside. Oh, oh. There's probably a lot going on there. Carson Wentz is excited that they lost that fucking game. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> Outwardly, he can't yeah, because deep down, he's got to be. He lays down in bed at night. And I won't. Carson Wentz might be a much better human than every human I've ever met mm-hmm. in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Including possibly Gandhi. If there was another Gandhi, <laughs> old Gandhi, when he laid his head down at night, would wish bad things upon the new Gandhi. Okay, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, same fucking thing. When if there was another Mother Tamra, and Mother <laughs> went to bed, Mother Teresa went to bed, she would wish ill will upon Mother Tamra. Mm-hmm. Not that something bad would happen, just not to take the throne of Mother Teresa. Yeah, Tamra. Carson Wentz, Mother Tamra. <laughs> Mother Tamra. Yeah. If there was a Mother Nikki Foles, which is Carson Wentz, was drafted to become the face of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. He did that. First year. Comes out, plays incredible. Yeah, he was in the MVP. Everything. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. Gets hurt. Everybody starts talking about the team collapsing because of how good they thought Carson Wentz was. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is incredible. This team's got no shot. Nick Foles does what Nick Foles did. Leads, wins the championship, Super Bowl MVP, press tour, parade, everything. Carson Wentz, though, we're going to keep Carson and Nick Foles. We're going to keep them both because Carson's got a rehab. We have Nick Foles as a safety valve. It only costs us $10 million or something like that, or $8 million, $9 million, whatever it costs the Eagles this year. So then Carson Wentz comes back, plays well. Team doesn't do great, mm-hmm. though. Team doesn't do great. Plays well, team doesn't do great. He gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in, leads them right back into the playoffs just like he did the year before. This is the guy that's supposed to be the face of the franchise, mm-hmm. hasn't been able to do what Nick Foles has done since going mm-hmm. in there. Everybody's like, well, you got to get rid of Nick Foles because he lost to the Saints in the Dome in the division round of the playoffs game. <laughs> you can't keep him. you got to keep Carson Carson Wentz has got hurt back-to-back years, his first two years in the NFL. He hasn't been able to be the guy that takes the Philadelphia Eagles to the top, although the Eagles have been to the top. I'm so intrigued by it all. I don't know what the fuck the Eagles do. I have no idea what yeah. the Eagles do. All the reports coming out is the Eagles think they're going to get a good good value for um, Nick Foles. That's Which, all they keep saying. Yeah. They could, by the way. They yeah. could and they should, by mm-hmm. the way. you got all these young coaches getting hired now mm-hmm. that are going to need some sort of offensive weapon. By the way, how the fuck does Adam Gase get that Jets job? Ooh. How <laughs> does Adam Gase get that Jets job? The, the, the Jets hate their fan base. They have to. The Jets have to love the branding of their team as being like, yeah, we're miserable. We suck. That's kind of our thing. Our fans like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just not going to try to win. How do you watch what happened with the Dolphins? down there and go, yep, we're going to put our future, our 20-year-old quarterback in this guy's hands. I have no idea how that guy that gets division's that division's a joke. Then Cliff Kings, yeah, maybe it's because the Dolphins beat the Patriots <laughs> on the Miami Miracle or whatever. <laughs> That's probably why. And the Jets, Jets ownership's like, oh, well, you figured out how to beat the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. That Jets had no idea that that was just one fluke play uh, from a win. They have no idea. I, I don't know how Adam Gase gets that job. I do. I, how? <laughs> 18 called him. Who are you kidding? Had an hour-long discussion with the Johnson family. Peyton Manning got Adam Gase that game? Yes. So Peyton Manning likes Adam Gase? Yeah, he endorsed him, yeah. What? Adam Gase has been riding off of that one year Mm -hmm. where he was uh, assistant 
our offense coordinator, Peyton Manning. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who's ever watched Peyton Manning play football knows that Peyton Manning calls the plays. Peyton Manning runs the offense. Peyton Manning runs the practice. Peyton Manning runs everything. He endorsed Adam Gase to get a gig in Miami. No, no, no. For the Jets. Oh, well, he, did he get him his job in Miami? Yeah, oh, I'd yeah. assume I he gets so, him his yeah. job in Miami. He does terrible down there. I assume they just blame Tannehill. They say mm-hmm. Tannehill's a bad player. What yeah, do you want? Mm-hmm. What a referral. <laughs> That's four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's from four years. The last time Adam Gase was successful was like four or five years ago. Now he's getting a head coaching. Cliff Kingsbury, incredibly attractive. Young. He sucked at Texas. Watch him a call. Give him a job. 35 and 40. That's everyone's just looking for the next McVeigh. That's all they're sure. doing. If you sat so, like for instance, I sat ringside at a Bellator fight with McVeigh mm-hmm. for three, four oh, hours. You should get a job. Then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a chance I could apply for a head coaching gig mm-hmm. in the NFL and get it. Sean McVeigh's got to feel as if his dick is very large. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The LA Rams are now sole owners of Los Angeles. Correct. Sole owners of Los Angeles. The LA Rams are in the NFC Championship two years after arriving in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Chargers just got spanked by the Patriots, didn't even have their playing in an MLS stadium. Mm-hmm. The LA Chargers might as well start looking for a new home because no matter what happens this upcoming weekend with the Rams, the LA is a Rams town. Yes. That's just oh, yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. And McVeigh, this young, handsome guy, has completely changed the way the entire NFL operates. Mm-hmm. The entire terrible coaches are getting offers just because they think they could possibly become the new offensive guru, which is what Cliff Kingsbury is being touted as. Correct. This new offensive guru. Arizona Cardinals have Josh Rosen. Who knows how people think of that? They also have the number one pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do. Which leads us to Kyler Murray. Yes, for $15 million. That's not. I heard that is not accurate. I heard that number was not accurate. I heard it that makes sense. I heard that conversation happened with the Oakland A's that they were talking about more money to keep him in baseball. The fifteen million number I think came out from one person and then kind of just spread like a wildfire. But I do believe he is looking for more cash. Fifteen million, maybe I don't know, but. Kyler Murray's sources came out and said it's not 15 million. We're not looking for 15 million, but we are looking for more guaranteed cash in the 4.66 million yeah. if they would like us to stay in the baseball realm because Kyler Murray seems like a quarterback to Cliff Kingsbury could potentially turn into quite a stud there in Arizona. Yeah. Then they got Josh Rosen to potentially wheel and deal. I'm excited to see what happens in this draft all of a sudden. And I, by the way, Respect to Kyler Murray looking for more motherfucking money. Yeah. You, oh, you yeah. got all these old heads coming after him. It's business, man. You are you are worth exactly what somebody pays you. There is no overpayment. There is no underpayment. You are worth exactly what somebody's willing to pay you. That is the way it goes. And if they can if they can finagle another six million out of the Oakland A's Moneyball, but Billy Bean, take it. Well, there was, there was it. talks that like the MLB was like, hey. Pay, pay him as much as you need to because the Heisman Trophy winner picking baseball over football is huge, huge. for yep, the MLB. That's what I was going to yeah. say. I love that, that the MLB was feeling the heat and they sent they allegedly sent officials they, to go talk to him too. Yeah, that's huge. Because there's whenever they make that offer to Kyler Murray for $4.66 million and they draft him high uh-huh. and they take the shot on him, Kyler Murray had not played a single snap in college football yet. Kyler Murray was still the backup to Baker Mayfield. A lot has changed since the last time we discussed. Every, I, I referred to Pond stars earlier but it's real we are living in a new time than we were then kyler murray's family is saying we are living in a new time than we were then kyler murray became a star in an offense in less than a year kyler murray became a heisman winner in less than an 
entire calendar year. Kyler Murray became a top five pick in less than a calendar year. Hey, MLB, we're in a whole new world now. And y'all motherfuckers sell a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and have a little bit of a discussion here about more cash. The fact that anybody's going after him for that, like those motherfuckers need to get run off the internet. Those, Those people shouldn't even be allowed on the goddamn internet. If you're him, it's whatever sport do you think you could get a second contract in? Easily baseball. Yeah, but what if he can't hit a curveball? I don't know, curveball? bro. What if he can't hit you know, a curveball? Hey, you know what? You can't hit the fucking baseball. <laughs> there was a baseball player that was drafted who threw 90. Kid gets in the MLB, can't hit a strike. What was his name? Now he's a tight end for yeah, the Ravens. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst threw 95 or something like that. For some reason, even with a, a fucking bird box fucking blindfold on, can't hit the strike zone. Whatever it is. Is it bird box? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's yep. the one. Can't hit the strike zone. He has a complete mental... To make it in baseball, I feel... Now, granted, if I focused on baseball for a year, I think I would be able to be a Major League Baseball player. I think I could play for some Major League Baseball. If I got the testosterone gum that they're all fucking Mm -hmm. chewing Mm -hmm. and did the whole thing and actually like took batting practice... I mean, I saw a 91-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm -hmm. No fucking problem. First, I saw a 93-mile-an-hour slider Mm -hmm. down here at the Indians. (laughs) Fucking no problem. But, But... but what if he can't see it? What if he can't see it? There's what does a, he do then? It's also a much different life playing minor league baseball than it is being a first-round NFL draft. Pick. Sure I think is. he's going to be in the minors too long, though. Yeah. He seems like a freak athlete. Well, yeah. the A's don't have, like, a super deep system. Like, he seems, especially after this, if he were to go, he seems like a guy that would get fast-tracked very quickly and would probably be playing for them like after the All-Star I want him in the NFL strictly for the fact that it makes the NFL draft so interesting. The MLB could have two Heisman winners in it next year. That's something (laughs) that's very interesting to think about. Tim Tebow, I guess he can see it, by the way. Everybody's saying he can see the ball, and he's got power, and he's a... He's done. You think he's done baseball? He he got married. He's done now. About to have sex. I couldn't even fathom Tim Tebow... As an athlete, after fucking, he's going to be incredible. <laughs> oh, I think it's going the other way. He's only ever focused on sports, and now he's got sex in his no, life. No, no, no. I, I think he's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is only going to make <laughs> him know. better. I think the same thing happened with Rory. As soon as Rory got married, he fucking fell off the, the map. Yeah, but also whenever he became a bachelor and started slinging that dick around, he became the best in the golf in the, mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And, and that, that was just having sex with the first time he has sex. Think about that. Think about, go back to the time in your life. Mm-hmm. Dig deep, boys, to the first time you ever fornicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You felt like you could take over the world the next day. <laughs> Tim Tebow has already <laughs> taken over the world, and then he's going to have that feeling with what, a Miss Universe? Mm-hmm. After he marries her, he's going to probably I- impregnate her and feel like he's on top of the world again. Tebow is going to be in the majors, I would assume, next year. So you're buying the virgin angle. That he is a virgin? Yeah, yeah, I oh, think yeah. it would have came out by now. I, I, I think Tebow is uh, revered as such a positive, clean image. In the world we live in now, somebody would want to fucking attack him and take him down, no matter how bible banging. Without a doubt. Somebody would want to take him down, and nothing has ever come out about him. Everybody has ever... What? <laughs> He's on record for saying that. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, nothing has ever come out about him except for Anthony DeGilio, who just (laughs) sat back and libeled and slandered the guy. Uh, Are we thinking NFL comeback or no? No, no, no. What? He can't throw a football. I'm just saying. He can't throw a football. If he comes that hard, maybe. But he can hit hit a baseball. 
Oh, yeah. We've seen videos of him hitting baseballs. Yeah. I think there's going to be two Heisman guys in the MLB next year. That's got to feel good for the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they sell tickets because of that. I don't know if more people watch the games because of that. But just strictly as an ego thing, they got to feel good that baseball's plucking some of football's I'd best watch players. it. If, I'd watch it more if they were involved in the game. If Tim yeah, Tebow absolutely. played for the Mets and that game's on mm-hmm. TV, I'm probably stopping to watch yes. it. Oh, yes, for sure, sure. At least the first People that would games. never watch the Mets will watch that game. ESPN knows it, too. That's why Tim Tebow was shoved down our throats for so long. Because anytime Tebow's on TV, this human that goes and does, uh, what are those things called? Uh, circumcisions in Thailand and yep. Filipino, <laughs> and he lives this perfect thing and wins and does everything he saved right. two lives as well. Yeah, he was Jesus there for a while. Every time ESPN, yeah, he did. He was literally Jesus there for a while, and ESPN knew it. Anytime he was on TV, numbers went up. If he was to play for the Mets and be put on TV, I would watch. Kind of want to makes me go snip some foreskins overseas. Yeah. A lot of good things happen to this guy. About again. You know, when you're associated, again, <laughs> Todd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're associated with this team don't be touching any kids dicks (laughs) i mean it's it's medicinal purposes think about this though think about this for a second the nfl draft look at the order it's in right now arizona's number one maybe he goes there maybe he doesn't if he doesn't i think he does by the way if he doesn't you got san francisco at two don't need a quarterback jets at three don't need a quarterback oakland at four don't need a quarterback Uh Yeah, I'm not sold that Gruden sold on Carr. I agree. He's told him in his mic'd up things like love you, man, and stuff like that. But once you go watch that film, he's going to remember that he cried during a game. Mm -hmm. But they paid him a lot of money. That means nothing. That was before Gruden got there. I don't see Kyler Murray being a Gruden guy either. Why? Gruden's more of a uh, pocket passer guy. Will Greer guy. Mm -hmm. Huh? Will Greer, West Virginia guy, yeah. sat out a terrible bowl game. But wasn't there a he Gronk? He better go in the first round. I'm a fucking murderer. Wasn't there Nick a Gronk? Falls. Wasn't there a Gronk Rosen trade rumor? Yeah, there's a Gronk rumor. Yeah, Gronk's Gronk retiring. Right? Yeah, he's not gonna. Gronk's retiring. He's gonna take any job that I was potentially up for. Same with Greg Olson. <laughs> but where it gets interesting <laughs> is five is Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. BA. He loves. Six is the Giants. He says he loves Jameis, man. you got to remember, everybody's full of shit. Everybody is full mm-hmm. of shit. Nick Saban said whenever he was at LSU, he wasn't going to Miami, mm-hmm. and then yep. he promised he wasn't going to Alabama. Liar. That's yeah. Saban, though. Bruce is a better guy than Saban. Everybody. Bruce said he was retired. He retired. <laughs> yeah. Bruce said he's retired yeah. because his kid turned 40. <laughs> I love that Bruce a, Arians. That was a Carson Palmer retirement. <laughs> I love Bruce Arians. I absolutely love Bruce Arians. But there ain't no way that he would go to Tampa Bay not knowing what we're going to do with the next draft and not say that he didn't lo- that he loved Jameis. I mean, that's just something he has to do going in there. We're talking to Pro Football Talks Mike Florio later today. I'll be excited to hear what he has to think about all that. But I do believe Arizona Kyler Murray, you pick him up just so you have some trade bait even it, mm-hmm. no matter yeah, what. I mean, regardless. I guarantee Kingsbury loves that idea. Loves, loves it. it. So I don't think Kingsbury will be pulling the, uh, the trigger on the draft. You guys giving up on Rosen, huh? Well, I mean, everybody I d- in the building here. So I think what the thinking there in Arizona is, if bringing in Kingsbury, is that Goff had such a terrible first year with Jeff Fisher, and then they brought in an offensive guy, and now Goff is doing great. If they bring in Kingsbury as an offensive guy, maybe the same goes for Rosen. And you know that that is a smart thought because McVay was a little bit younger, could connect with Goff Correct. a little bit. Rosen, remember, was in a hot tub in his dorm room yep. just a couple <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Somebody younger that can reach him is probably the right idea there. Cliff Kingsbury, by the way, $150,000 USC got for that. Mm-hmm. For him working there for two days. <laughs> Bro, these these universities continue to win. Mm-hmm. Non-profit, by the way. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. none of them make any money, sure. obviously. They got $150,000 for Cliff Kingsbury. Good for them. Good for them. The NFL is a crazy place. I think 
I think it's Saints. Oh, I almost said Chiefs there. I don't even know why I thought it. I don't even know why I thought <laughs> it. Go with your gut. I think it's Saints-Patriots. Wow. I think it's Saints-Patriots. That's the one again. I don't want to see. Why? Really? That's I, the one I... I, I want to see a rematch of that Chiefs-Rams game that was absolutely fucking electric. It was. Yeah. I, I got to be there. Obviously, I got to be there for that game, and it was uh, a magical thing right there in Los Angeles. Los Angeles definitely wants the Rams in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... I, that $201,000 with the Lombardi trophy still mm-hmm. sitting in the middle of their locker room is the greatest piece of motivation for a lot of yeah. those guys in the locker room. You can say that bulletin board material matters. It doesn't. You can say that love of the game matters at this point. It does. It does. But the thing that really talks to people especially in the NFL. You got a lot of people coming from some very terrible places. You got people coming from a lot of bad neighborhoods. You got people trying to feed a lot of things. That money just staring. All ones, by the way. All ones. (laughs) Yeah, it makes it look a lot more. Great play by Sean Payton having all ones because I've seen a couple of those things picked up and thrown (laughs) in adult ballets. And I'll tell you what, there ain't more magical time to be alive (laughs) than being the only Caucasian fella in an adult (laughs) ballet where you got three of your friends making it rain more money than your dad made your entire life growing up on a couple female ballerinas who have no interest in anything that's white. But (laughs) I think that is an incredible motivation. I think this is the year for Drew Brees. It seems like the Drew Brees destiny is a real thing, Diggs. And I think Sean Payton is one of those coaches where he'll figure it out. I think he'll figure it out. Although I like McVay a lot, man. I'm excited. They they got it right. I mean, the the champion Mm -hmm. AFC and NFC championship games have got it right. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what happens. Defense doesn't win in this playoff series. Offense is all of them. Yeah, but that I think defense you, is gone. I think you have to have a stop, though. I think you have to get some mm-hmm. stops, and that's where the def- the run the ball thing. Chuck Pagano got crushed because he was just preaching. <laughs> Congrats to Chuck, though. Yeah. Congrats yeah. to Chuck yeah. and the Chicago Bears D coordinator. He is going to do amazing things there. I mean, when he was with the Ravens there for a little while, he did great. He's got Khalil Mack as a weapon. What would too. he say about Khalil Mack? I'm I said curious. Italians do very, very well in Chicago as long as they pay their taxes. True. <laughs> Italians, by the way, all got run to Chicago after getting kicked out of Pittsburgh at New York, <laughs> Philly, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Ohio, and then they ended up in Chicago. Well, Chuck got ran out of everywhere else, and here he lands. He got run out of Baltimore, Mm -hmm. Cleveland, Indy, and now he's in Chicago. (laughs) I just can't wait for the questions to come back. He got the same push as all the Italians in the history, and all the Italians have thrived in Chicago. By the way, Italian club shirt's coming out soon. <laughs> Join the Italian club. I think Chuck will do very well there. I'm excited to hear Chuck back in this in this. Studio. I, know, I can't wait. He's very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I took the job because fucking we got Khalil Mack. You see it? <laughs> I'm going to be a head coach in about a year. I'm going to look like a goddamn genius. What are you guys running? Cover two? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Khalil Mack, just fucking go get your quarterback. We'll shit some guys in coverage. We'll see what it is. It's all going to be quick play, quick play, quick play. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, I know nothing about him. Couldn't even guess. I know he's not Andrew Luck, but that means nothing to me because I got Khalil Mack. <laughs> that, whenever that job came up, he had to just be like, mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to be a head coach, but that defense was incredible without me there. That, that, that defense is probably the biggest turnaround in the NFL, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Chicago Bears defense from yeah. one year to the next? Mm-hmm. All those young players are starting to fucking come into their own. Now, if you want to be a little... Uh, little negative nick about it mm-hmm. if chuck makes a defense look bad 
Oh, yeah, it's not good. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. not good. That, that is might, not that might good be hard to do. They got some yeah. Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson. They if, got playmakers. If you got yeah, somebody that can rush the, the passer, mm-hmm. your Smith. defense is a whole different animal. That's the Colts had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis for all those years. They, nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. If you got ninety three and ninety eight coming off the corners, it doesn't matter. Corners don't have to be great because you don't have to cover for long. The run defense doesn't have to be great because Peyton and the offense will get them ahead. It just if you have somebody that can rush the passer, it's a whole different ball game. Hey, they're tough to come by, man. Tough to come by. $90 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, man. <laughs> it's tough to come by. That's why they get paid so much. What are you going to say? I would like to do something that I don't normally do on here. I think Cleveland did a great job. I think Cleveland got it right with their head coaching hire and their coordinators. Freddie Kitchens mm-hmm. and who? Todd Monken and Steve Wilkes. Okay, Steve Wilkes had a uh, terrible run as a head coach Correct. in Arizona. Awful. Not sure it went well at all. Is he a good D coordinator, though? Yeah, that's how he got the Arizona job. And then Monken was call- – was, is- "Quote unquote," by people who say these things, one of the better offensive coordinators in the league. Freddie Kitchens and Baker seem to have a tight relationship mm-hmm. too. That one video that came out of him rubbing Baker's thing, mm-hmm. and then Baker <laughs> calls him an idiot. I love that because like, to me, the term "idiot" is one of the biggest terms of endearment yes. you can yeah, have. Sure. When I call somebody an idiot, it's like this is the biggest compliment I can bestow upon <laughs> you. Is that I think you're a fucking idiot. You make me laugh. You're those types of things. Good for Freddie Kitchens. Good for the Cleveland Browns. I think the Buccaneers assembled I, they did. quite a coaching staff. Somehow, the Jets got worse with Gase. Get rid of Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles ends up D coordinator for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. That is a whole nother animal. Mm-hmm. They also got Clyde Christensen down there, who is the quarterback whisperer that you have not heard of. You have no idea who Clyde Christensen is. He's the man behind Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Now, granted, we got to put Tannehill on there too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill was, Tannehill was a college-wide receiver, and he started in the NFL for, what, seven years? Yeah. So still yeah. good for him. Still yeah. starting, by the way. Clyde Christensen, though, great locker room guy. He's a morale guy. He's a friend of ours, mine and Gorman, very close friend of ours. He was with the Colts whenever we were here at the beginning. He got run out of town due to his loyalty being questioned by the GM. He was here for 20 years. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Showed up every day, ready to work. <laughs> 5 a.m. every day. Won a Super Bowl. No big deal. Questioned his, your loyalty. His loyalty got questioned. He got run out of town here. Great. But he's at Tampa. They got Byron Leftwich down Ooh, there, too. I, I love Byron Leftwich. AQ Shipley told me that Byron Leftwich has an incredible brain for football, and he's very excited to see what he does there. And with Clyde Christensen helping him out, I, I think that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team could be prone for success, but they're in the same division as that goddamn Saints team. That's going to be a tough go for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to see how this turns out. I can't wait to wishy-wash on my picture <laughs> at least three times, but I am all in on the... I have a question I, I'm not you. even going to question. But Tom Brady, with that... In, by the way, the lady interviewing him might have been three foot four. Too <laughs> oh, <laughs> short. She, Tracy Wolfson. Yeah, yeah. She was holding that mic like mm-hmm. this. She was literally... It was a straight arm up in the air. <laughs> it may, and he just... I know everybody thinks we suck. It'll be fun. We'll see. That like what a sly fucking warning shot to every human on earth. Mm-hmm. That's tough to think that they're gonna lose. But. Plus three fifty to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hammered it right now. The yes. Patriots. Patriots. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it goes Saints, Chiefs, and then Pats and Rams are tied. Everybody oh. thought the Chargers were gonna do it. No. Everybody thinks the Chiefs are gonna do it. I assume. I like that Chiefs team a lot too. Mm-hmm. I like that Chiefs team a lot. But man. I just don't know how you doubt that old bastard up in the box, Bill Belichick. 
Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi doing a fucking karaoke. <laughs> Rick's the Kraft in the... Oh, oh. How about Kraft? Kraft looked like he didn't know the words, by the way. It was a little Kraft weird. Kraft doesn't know much at Bro, this if point, I got right? a billion dollars, man, who gives a fuck if I know the words or not? I'll let the, I'll let the guy sitting next to me sing it because he wrote it and did sing it. By the way, jacket off for the Krafts. Love that. Oh, yeah. Up in the box. Love it. Toasty upper. How was the box? I was going to say, was your box toasty? How was the box in the Chiefs? Thing? Yeah, Gorman was up in the box with... Uh, Oh, oh, Jim or Jimmy. A little quiet, a little quiet most of the time. How many people in there? Uh, 10, 10 to 12. 10 to 12 people. Yeah. Is there seating? Yeah, oh, seating, you know, stadium seating right there. Nice leather chairs, you know. How is the food? Hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get to the food. Is there a seating? Is there like a hierarchy? Like, okay, this is where Jim Hersey no, sits. No, it just there's two seats that you don't mess with, and then and then fall in behind. And it's him and his ladies. No, just him and an empty seat next to him. Okay, you don't screw <laughs> okay. with him. Yeah, you know, he gets the, he gets the first aisle seat and the first row. And they leave the left of them open. Okay. Nobody so, in that row. So everybody just kind of fills in around yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. The closer you are to him, the more important? Or is it like just get in how you fit in? Yeah, get in how you fit in. Okay. So yeah. there's food obviously catered in there? Enough to choke a horse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Horses are known to be good deep throaters, take those things down. What type of food is there? Prime rib? Barbecue uh, from yeah. Kansas well, City? Well, it was barbecue themed, but they did have barbecue turkey in there. They had some pizzas Ooh. from a couple of places that they're all happy about to for to try the Kansas City pizza, but mostly it was just Kansas all, City pizza. I don't know. They threw in a couple four pizzas there. Does he like, have a chef that comes and caters does all the catering? No, you you kind of put in in advance like what they like. You know what I mean? So so his people will say, okay, let's get the turkey, let's get the chicken, let's get barbecue, let's get Who's you know. cooking for him though? The Kansas City people? Yeah, Kansas City. Okay, so Vinatieri would never eat out on the road. No. Vinatieri would never in a million years eat out on the road. Just in case he gets poisoned? Ever. Yeah. He was like, I am never going into a restaurant. I have no idea what that chef has on yeah. the game tomorrow. Yeah. I have no clue about anything. Because all he's got to do is just give him something to give him the runs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to kill him. It just put a little visine in the food. <laughs> it, 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 it's yeah. Over. So Vinatieri told me, I never went out in any cities we went to. I never went to any restaurants. I never did anything. I would always just eat in the hotel, assuming that the hotel chefs are monitored now, yeah, too, yeah, right? Because right. that could be a whole different animal. It's very interesting that Jim Irsay is just letting some some random Kansas City Chiefs stadium people just... Uh, rarely eats. Rarely eats at a game. Rarely. Really? Yeah. So that's for everybody else. Rarely eats at a game. Yeah, Home games, he's got a chef. The chef comes in. He plants out all the food and everything to Lucas. On away games, rarely eats. I mean, maybe you'll sample something if somebody says, hey, this is good. But. I wonder if it's because he got visined one time. <laughs> Jim Mercy's got yeah. the runs. <laughs> Let me know what's going on. <laughs> I think something was in the soup. Hey, had a nice, uh, I'll tell you about the night before the game. Had a nice, he had a nice dinner for a bunch of people, about 20 some odd people there. Had the TVs on, on a loop, playing the Texans playoff win. <laughs> oh, had a wow. foosball uh, table in the corner. Okay, where this, had, this is at a restaurant? Had a ping pong table in the other corner. Yeah, I had a nice little party r- leading up to uh, the game. So nice. he rents out half the restaurant. Uh, it was the hotel, and they had a ballroom. So he just said, yeah, give me the ballroom, and I'm inviting people down there. The best Kansas City barbecue, uh, that was uh, Chris Ballard's is the one who said, hey, if yeah, you're going to get – Chris Ballard comes from Kansas right, City. Right, if you're going to get – so they – I mean, again, just to spread uh, – Chris Ballard invited to this dinner? No, no, I had work to do. Anybody from – not really. Night for the game, not really much to do. 
Uh, I like where your head's at. Wow. If yeah. that's what Ballard told Jim Mercy, I love that. <laughs> uh, I wish I could come, boss. A lot of work to do. Yeah, we're going to cut a couple people before the game starts tomorrow. Um, who all is invited there? Anybody from football sides, or is it just Jim Mercy's personal friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, not football side, no, because it's kind of they when you you know you remember when they're out team meetings and all that stuff that yeah. happens the night before the game. So no, it's nobody from football. So side. like David Thornton's not going. No. No. See, he was invited in London to the castle. They had some fucking castle dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, they wow. went to, yeah, they went to some castle. The big old turkey legs yeah, and shit. Yeah, they had to, oh. like, a, it was like a Game of Thrones looking. I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but they had like a Game That's of the Thrones. That's the coolest thing of all time. Yeah, and DT got to go, uh. and I'm just sitting at the fucking hotel, me and Vinatieri are like, why can't we fucking go to this? <laughs> why can't we go to this goddamn? And DT was like sending us pictures. David Thornton used to play for the Colts and the Titans. Now he's director of player... Relations, relations, will, engagement. Yeah. He's like the he's in between front office and locker room. It's right. his job. He's a great, great at the job. By the way, connects to a lot of players. Uh, he's kind of a motivating factor. Like, hey, do this, do this, whenever, whatever. But he was at the. I would assume he. I thought he was going to this dinner. To no. be honest, I thought DT, and I was about to send a text. I was about to send a text to DT, telling him to stop sneaking into fucking billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see him. Okay, so good good barbecue. Was it served to you or was it buffet style? Buffet style, believe it or not, which was which is uh, you know unlike people are, oh, I haven't had a buffet style thing. So, but yeah, it was brought in from I can't even remember it. It was Jim or Nick's or something like that, and incredible. I mean, anything you wanted barbecue style. Average age in there. Oh, uh, well, there was family. Uh, you know, thirty five. Did you dominate on the ping pong table? I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was taken. I couldn't play for any. Get one of those fucking antique rich guys. I'll give you yeah. fucking 20. Let's play. play. Hey, fun fact. Ursay not bad at foosball. Really? Not bad at foosball. Does yeah. he do a spin or is it? Doesn't have a big spin. More of a setup slow guy oh, that yeah, strikes yeah. at the end. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm not surprised by that. Like I just envisioned him as being a, a great foosball Not player. Not great, but he knew what he was doing. <laughs> the fucking vape. <laughs> I got my goalie. <laughs> I I wasn't a big foosball player when I was a teenager. I went to I played soccer overseas. I played in France a couple of times and all that shit. And we got snowed in in this one French soccer club. Mm-hmm. And there was our our team versus their junior team, but we got snowed in. We couldn't leave for like a day. So we ended up hanging out in like their lobby of their uh, club, basically. Foosball was their game of choice over there. Watching these little French fucks play this foosball <laughs> game, I think it deterred me from playing it ever again. <laughs> they had like set plays that they would run. Like mm-hmm. this back guy would hit it up to the front guy, pass really? it back. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I had they- no idea that was strategy involved. Oh, in yeah. Foosball. oh yeah. <laughs> started spinning shit. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was the first one to play against the French. I'm like, listen, America, I know what I'm going to do to you in this game. Never played in my entire life. I got smoked. He moved all those little wooden fucking things on that metal thing in probably three minutes. It was like me just picking up the ball, dropping it in there just three times. And wee, 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 wee. I love football. You love it? We played for like five hours when we were in Nashville last time. I used to have one in my kitchen in college. Mm-hmm. Really? You got to call if you're spinning or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't like spinners. Yeah. It gets, yeah, it's, it's against, against the rules. rules if, but it depends on where you're playing at. Yeah. Street rules or whatever. Did he bring in, he brought in the foosball yeah. and the ping pong? Oh, yeah. That's good for him, man. Yeah, so we got to have something to do. Any special room? guests? Mm, not really, no. I mean, there's a couple from Indy that are friends of his, you know, longtime family friends and stuff that came in, made the trip. But there was also people driving in. The weather was awful. I mean, there was, it was like 12 hours to drive from Indy to KC for some people, yeah. you know, I was hearing about. But a lot of the front office went. Some of them went on a, a charter. They were chartering two planes. One of the planes couldn't take off. So it's like 50 people. 
50 plus people had tickets ready to go to the game. Couldn't go to the game unless they get in their car and want to drive, you know, overnight to go see it. So it's one of those. Oh, uh, so you, the weather you, was awful. It was a wet snow, heavy. It was, you know, it was, it was bad. In you got to go in Jim Mercy's plane, though. So well, you got to land there. That one got to take yeah, off. That yeah. one got to take yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice plane. You get on that plane. It's a, it looked nice. Yeah. I, I was only on it. I was on one time to fly up to Michigan for my man Zerlon Tipton's funeral. Rest in peace to Tip. That guy was a lunatic of a man. He ended up shooting himself, by the way. There's a little message for you with guns. Let's not put them in our gym bags. Throw the gym bags down on the ground. Reach in to grab something and shoot ourselves. Right. That's what happened to Zerlon Jeez. Tipton. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Good friend of mine, too. Really good friend of mine. That was the first time I was ever on Ursa's jet, though. So he flew us up to Michigan for the funeral, flew us back. And the flight attendant lady was so nice. Very nice. They, they had my goddamn name on, like, a menu. It was it was insane. I assume the same thing for this? Absolutely. Oh, but the seating arrangement, though, you got you to— gotta, There we go. So yeah. what about the hierarchy in the plane? Well, here's the seating arrangement. If your last name's Ursay, you can sit wherever you want, obviously, uh-huh. right? So you're on the plane, you just kind of stand. At least I do. I stand there because I'm not going to get comfortable, sit down in the seat and have, you know, one of uh, the daughters come in and go, hey, what are you doing? You know? You said they never fly all together. No, 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 no. no. So, well, by the way, I never thought of this. Just like the designated yeah. survivor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. The designated survivor, the show that you talked about. Wow. Ursay never flies the whole family together. That would have to be a real thing if you're a billionaire family. Yeah, because yeah. if you all go down, it goes to the courts. So right. somebody wow. has to survive. It's insane. Whenever he said it to me, it was a it was yes. a wow never, moment for me too. No, never fly together. Makes sense. Wow, that makes so, so much sense. Where'd you end up sitting on the couch in the back? Like- I was right in the. I had I had great seats. I went I went as soon as you walk on the plane immediately to the right, like right next to the cockpit. The door was separating. That was it. And the big dog sit in the back. There's a little bit of a lounge area there. So I was just like you know, anytime I go on that thing, where do you want me? First time Ursay seen you in a while. Uh no, I saw him a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I in the last year I haven't seen him that much because I came from Nashville. But yeah, since I've been here for a month and a few weeks, I've seen him three times. That was one of them. Yeah, he's excited to see you. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, especially leading up to this thing. They thought, you know, hey, we got a chance. We Do they play cards on the on the no, flight? No, the TVs are on. You got to listen. Some people throw the iPods in. You know. I like. The, I just think of like him just vaping with like. A... Always a movie with Jim. See, there's different TVs. You can watch different one up on oh, the front oh, pit, and he can in the what back. What did you watch? Oh, okay. I don't remember, but he always puts a movie in. Always. You got Wi-Fi up there? Always great Wi-Fi. Why is it till ten thousand feet? Why is it till ten thousand uh, feet? Somebody sent it to us the other day. I can't remember what the fuck it was. It sounds like a lie. Whoever that person yeah. was. Yesterday, I tweeted uh, my trends. Every trending topic in America was about football. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, except for the Gia. Whoever that is. He's uh, a goalie. Oh, Spanish goalie. I got, yeah, to him. The G, the, yeah, you get it. Every single one was an NFL trend. I was like, the NFL just dominates Twitter. I had a bunch of little fucking punks like, well, it's tailored to you. And I was like, no, I turned that off specifically so I know what everybody else is thinking. And this guy goes, no, no I know what it is. So I went in and screenshotted the picture of me turning off the tailored to you. And they go like, oh, well, you probably just changed it. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's amazing how the NFL is still the biggest dog in the yard. Mm-hmm. It really is. By far. Whenever the NFL is happening, it is the biggest 
biggest dog. It takes over the whole world. Somebody sent me a screenshot of Ireland's trending topics. It was like nine of the top ten was like Philip Rivers, Chargers, Brady, Patriots. It's just it's the greatest game on earth. Mm-hmm. And one of the owners just so happens to be a friend of yours. That's a pretty fucking cool thing. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. cool. He That's got, our, he got uh, for the brand swag. He liked it. He, congratulations, uh, as I told you off the air. It said thank you, big time. Can can't wait to wear it. But when I gave it to him for the brand stuff T-shirt sweatshirt, he was kind of suited up. I thought he'd be a little more casual going on the plane like I've seen him it's before. It's a business trip. Yeah, so he was all suited up. He didn't put it on, but he was very, very, and, and said, yeah, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to put this on, and I'll let Pat know. I am excited for that because <laughs> every picture that hits the internet of Jim Mercy, normally not a good one, this one's going to be a great one. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, for the brand. I, you know me, I'm an idiot on social media. This is when I'm working for the club. This is over five years ago, six years ago. We're in Jacksonville, and he picked up a hot dog. Oh, yeah. it, he picked up a hot dog in the... Uh, <laughs> In the owner's suite on a road game, uh-huh. and we were like joking. They were, <laughs> they, Such a great, they, this is good photo. They were, they were, they were kind of discolored a yeah, little bit. You right. know what I mean? So we were like, well, I don't know if we're gonna eat that right there. So he picks one up and kind of looking at it like, you know, kind of give a funny look like, what is this? So I take a picture of it. And I'm kind of new to Twitter. I don't know how it works and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, snap a picture of it. I'll throw it to Twitter. And all of a sudden it's on. I get everywhere. <laughs> it's like, where do you go? What's up the thing? And I'm like, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> During the game, I'm an employee of his. And I go, well, let me talk to the CEO first and, and let him know what I did uh, before, I, before, I, before I go to gym. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Hey, I took a picture of Jim here, and then I put it up on social media, and I really kind of think I fucked up here. And he's like, yeah, so I took the owners there. I'm like, Jimmy, I, I uh, well, parts I kind of screwed up. Here. Well, what happened, brother? I said, well, remember that picture I took? I put it on social media. I thought it was funny, and everybody's taking shots, and hey, this, that, or the other. You just don't do that. It wasn't supportive. It was funny for me and my friend, I thought, at the time. Yeah, you had, I, you had very little followers. No, and I was just like, you know, no, very little followers. Didn't know what so the hell So you took this was. photo right here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what did, so, what did so he, he say? say? Well, brother, we got to live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't pissed, but he's like, live and learn. You know, we got to be careful, more careful. And I didn't know if I want that. It's not a bad picture, but yeah, we probably shouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get rid of it. No, no, it's fine. Just don't do it again. You know, it was like that. But I felt terrible the whole day. I mean, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get uh, hammered You can make so many or... good memes hey, with this pic. At yeah. least you didn't post a photo of the quarterback naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough. You live and you learn. I wish they would have said to me. I got docked 15 grand. <laughs> what a day. Knocked it out of the ballpark today. Sure did. Yeah, we did. And wait until you hear this Mike Florio interview. By the way, what you're going to learn in this Mike Florio interview is going to be a vast knowledge about the NFL. And if you want to continue to learn a vast thing, a vast amount of things about football, there's only one place to go, and that's the Action Network. Let me tell you why. We're all into gambling here, mm-hmm. okay? We like the mybookie.ag. I never gambled before I retired. That's a God-honest truth. I knew nothing about it. But since getting involved in the sports gambling world, it's nice to not just be a gut feeling better. You know what I mean? Exactly. Bro, 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 butts did that with Philip Rivers this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a gut feeling. And if you read up on the Action Network, they have articles on top of articles on top of articles about how you can become a better gambler. They'll tell you where everybody else is betting so you know. They'll tell you where the public money is going so you know. They'll tell you what you're supposed to bet, what you're not supposed to bet. It's more like investing at mybookie.ag instead of just gambling at mybookie.ag. The Action Network is the 
perfect sidekick and tag team partner in this sports gambling world. And I mean that because I've been using them. I've been enjoying it. Plus, I offer up a couple prop contests in there where you can win $1,000. Zero, zero dollars to enter. Free to enter. Less than two minutes to fill out the prop contest, you could win $1,000. And I think this conversation that just happened and the one that's about to happen can only make you smarter in this prop contest. Download the free Action Network app. Go to actionnetwork.com backslash pat. Play for free to win the $1,000 cash prize. You must download the app to enter the contest. The best app for sports bettors. I used the app all weekend. It was amazing. I kept checking to see if my props in the prop contest were winning. I kept refreshing to see the win probability feature update. By the way, the Patriots, I think, were the earliest 100% win probability in a playoff history on the Action Network. Really? Network app. Yeah. It's like the end of the third quarter or something. Middle of the third quarter, they're at 100%. Like, yep. No chance the Chargers win this, which we all knew, but it's kind of cool to kind of track the games, kind of see how it's going, the live action and Action Network can do that. I used the app all goddamn weekend, and I loved it. Go to actionnetwork.com slash pat. Become a smarter, better. Invest in yourself and your brain with knowledge that'll help you out. It's not gambling. It's investing. When you go to actionnetwork.com backslash Pat. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now from a home in West Virginia, USA. He was at the Kansas City game this past weekend. He's a 24-7 news cycle with the NFL. His blog never rests, and neither does he. He's an Italian from ProFootballTalk.com, the founder, the blogger, the TV sensation, Mike Florio. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for asking. How was your weekend? Uh, I heard you smoked a little uh, cigar last night down in your barn. Yeah, boy, that could have gone a couple of different ways. I heard you smoked a little, uh, yes, cigar, tobacco cigar down in the barn last night. It, it was capping off 20 weeks of being on the road every weekend. Now, look, the work never stops, but the grind, and I love it, but you commemorate when you finally get to a point where you get your weekends back. And, you know, I leave every Saturday. I'm home every Monday. And this past week was even a little more creative because we were in Kansas City for our show, PFT Live, on Friday. Got stuck in Chicago Saturday night because of the weather. So I was gone a little bit longer than usual. So it was kind of get home, kiss the ground, eat some pasta, watch some football, drink some wine, smoke a cigar, and get up the next morning and get right back at it. You're a pretty huge part of that football night in America, which has withstood the test of time. Sunday Night Football is the most watched television show for eight years straight, I believe, is what Al Michaels said, that whole operation there. What is it like? Do they tell you what you're going to talk about, or does Mike Florio set the rules? This is what me and Chris Sims are going to talk about and keep it moving. No, let me tell you, the show is produced, and I know in advance what I'm going to talk about, and I'm on board with it, and they know what I'm going to say. You can't just wing it for something like that, because we're packing so much into an hour and 20 minutes every Sunday, where looking back on the day that was, we're talking about big picture issues in the NFL, we're getting you ready for the game to come. And it's a lot of moving parts, and it happens very quickly. And this year, with Mike Tirico arriving as the host, there's a greater focus on just the immediacy of it. There's not a lot of rehearsal. Nothing is taped in advance. Everything is done live and in the moment. And we really cover as much ground as we possibly can. But you have to have a good idea of what you're going to say and how long you're going to take to say it because 
if you have one answer or one comment that goes on a hell of a lot longer than it's supposed to in the third segment of the show, it just takes away time from everything that we want to get to later in the show. So it's, it's a great pace and it's a great concept. And, you know, I, I question the value of the game of the pregame shows that are on in the mornings, because I think you get everything you need from internet and Twitter and everywhere else. But, what we try to do at the end of the day is really pull everything together and get you that snapshot that you need based on everything that's happened, everything that's going to happen, get you ready for the game, get you educated on what happened all day, hit the big picture topics that have come up, and just plow right into that evening game. I watch every game here from my office all season, and I still find myself, as soon as Football Night in America starts, paying attention because you guys cover everything. It's such an interesting thing to hear behind the curtain there that if you talk to us a little bit longer, you're going to – that's TV, though. That's absolutely TV. Fox had 45 people on their TV today, on their in their pregame show. I don't know if you saw that, Mike, during your traveling. There's 45 people on one desk. Oh, you know, I, I've missed that. I mean, we've we've gotten needled for that in the past, but we make we make use of everybody. Everybody kind of has their role. Everybody has their place, and and we we you know we we weave everyone in and out, and uh, it it just it's it's fun because going into the day, you really don't know what's going to happen that night because so much of it hinges on how the day unfolds. You know, who plays well, who I may want to try to get on the phone to talk about whatever performance or decision or whatever is worth focusing on and the day just unfolds we all watch the games together you get a sense of what's important what's not important by the time 5 30 rolls around we really know everything we want to get into an hour and a half after that it's very alive it's very it's very engaging and draining i mean when when that day's over i'm done i think everybody else is just exhausted but you put everything you can into it put together the best show you can and then and then move on to the next one. You guys are all watching the games together. Is there any uh, whiskeys or beers or marijuana? No, no, no. no. Well, with Chris Sims, you never know what he possibly can. <laughs> but no, it's all it's all uh, full sobriety. They have a nice spread for us of food. It's pretty much the same thing every week, which is good. I'm a creature. I have it. We watch in a oh, almost like Italian. a classroom with the you know with the the tables and the elevated seating, and there's maybe 20 people in the room. And the the, uh, the the folks on air all sit in the front row. Uh, it goes across uh, uh, Tony Dungy, Mike Tirico, Rodney Harrison, me, and Chris Sims. We all sit side by side, and we take in the game and and with the games, all the games at once. And you know, you, we, we focus on the things we think are important and uh, kind of flesh out where it all goes as it as it happens in real time. It, it really is for those early games on Sunday. It's a lot of fun. It's a great place to watch a game. And uh, it would be even better if they would mix in some whiskey or some beer, but I don't know how good the show would be that night. Well, I think it might Although be. Although maybe it'll be better. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was about to say, I think you toss in some vitamins there. It gets real better. Let's talk about some vitamins. Andy Reid's season is something that is real. Normally his teams come out hot and then they flutter and suck. That Chiefs team against the Colts this past weekend was hot. How do they topple the New England Patriots, who seem to have a chip on their shoulder now. Uh, Tom Brady did an interview where he said, yeah, everybody thinks we suck. Uh, We'll see. It'll be fun. They seem like they have a chip on their shoulder now. How does this Chiefs team look live and in person? You were there on Saturday. And why is Andy Reid's season continuing? And this is like kind of uh, out of the normal for uh, an Andy Reid team. Well, for the Patriots, when they lost that game in fluky fashion to the Dolphins and then 
NFL at Pittsburgh the following week, it was very easy to write them off because they were doing some uncharacteristic things. They weren't mastering situational football. Tom Brady all of a sudden didn't look like Tom Brady. He looked like he was throwing the ball more quickly than he should because he was bracing for contact. And I was always told, watch his legs, not his arm, that when his legs go and he can't protect himself, can't step up in the pocket, can't slide away from pressure, can't avoid taking big hits, he'll start taking big hits, and then he'll start shying away from big hits, and then the arm starts to go. But I think he got healthy. I think he was secretly injured. You know, a, a shocker, teams lie about and conceal injuries from the injury report but we hear more and more about a knee injury now i don't know anything about it but it, i've seen enough smoke that makes me think there's fire and i see how well he's playing now so they had their bottom in december and people wrote them off they won their last two regular season games they get their bye by the skin of their teeth they just missed being the number one seed and then they they take their week off and they just kick the crap out of the chargers and and now the chiefs are going to have to worry about a very motivated Patriots team you know you got all those rings all those championships all that playoff experience and they've still found a way to have themselves focused and fired up and thinking like the world is against them but with the Chiefs with Andy Reid you know the key is Patrick Mahomes how people missed on this guy is beyond me look at the Jaguars they took Leonard Fournette instead of Patrick Mahomes the 49ers took Solomon Thomas instead of Patrick Mahomes I don't know who to blame for not realizing Mahomes was going to be the guy that he is but Mahomes is the difference the guy is incredible we did a highlight reel last week of his top 19 plays on PFT Live. He put together in one season a better highlight reel than most every other quarterback who has ever lived can put together for his entire career. He throws the ball from every angle. He throws on the run. He throws off the wrong foot. He throws off of no feet. He throws where he's not looking. He throws it underarm like Kent Colby used to. It's amazing the stuff the guy can do. Anybody position, any arm angle, any situation, and he stays within his abilities. You know, you'll see some guys try to do more than they can. Mahomes always knows what he can get away with, and he's always right at the limit of what he physically can do. And that's the reason why the Chiefs are still alive. And if they advance, he's going to be the reason they make it past the Patriots. You know, it makes me think of Rich Gannon back in the day. <laughs> Rich Gannon used to have all of those throwing angles. Then you add in an athlete to the case, and it's a whole new ball game for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. He didn't look rattled at all in the big game there. Didn't look rattled at all. That team looks relaxed and comfortable. I don't know what's going to happen when you have to look across to the other sideline and you see Bill Belichick, and you know whatever that old guy is up in the booth, I'll be excited for that. Sean Payton rolls into the locker room with 200 some thousand dollars in the Lombardi says you want that win three fucking games early it looked like it wasn't going to happen a fake punt happens is that story 100% true and if so is that the greatest piece of motivation you've ever heard in the NFL it is true it did happen and my understanding is he did the same thing back in 2009 as they entered the postseason as the number one seed now there was also other stories of you know, money being put on the table back then in 2009 oh, yeah. and then it gets the Saints in a lot of trouble. But, but none of that kind of money was put on the table this time. I don't need that. That whole bounty thing was always overblown to me because you're already incentivized to go out and, mm-hmm. and knock the other quarterback out of the game legitimately if you can. You're not incentivized to go out there and break the rules, but there is an incentive to go out there and hit the quarterback hard and rattle him. And if you can knock the quarterback out of the game and put his back up in, that's just always been part of football. Now, we don't talk about it anymore because of what happened with the bounty scandal, but everybody was doing it. I don't know whether they do it anymore. If they do it now, they're still very, they're, they've become very discreet about it. But with the, the legitimate monetary incentive, 
That's the way to make every opponent nameless and faceless and logoless. Because yeah. the idea is when the Eagles come in, you're not thinking, hey, we beat the Eagles 48-7, to so what are we going to do this time around? This time around, they're just the team that's in our way as we try to get that 200 grand in cash, try to get that Super Bowl trophy, and try to get those rings. And look, it almost blew up on them yesterday with the Eagles. And I, I thought they were going to have trouble with Philadelphia because I knew it was a different team than what they faced in Week 11. But I think that that, that motivation – you just beat whoever shows up, and you just keep winning, and you're going to get that giant glass box with all that crap inside of it. Yeah, throw them ones at the strip club. <laughs> I used to give out a bounty. I used to give 100 bucks for any tackle inside the 20 in, uh, on a kickoff. I used to give up 100 mm-hmm. bucks. I'll give you 100 bucks. And then the Greg Williams things happen. I decided to do it the year after, and I get scolded by fucking everybody. I'm like, it's just 100 fucking bucks. They're like, no, no more bounties. Can't do it. Greg Williams ruined the game. I'm like, ah. But he did it. You know, he did it everywhere. Other teams were doing it. Yeah. The NFL never wanted to go down the rabbit hole. I think the NFL didn't want to know mm-hmm. who all was doing it. And the NFL didn't want a scandal that would have touched every team. They wanted to find one team. They wanted to whack them, make an example out of them, create the impression, because that was all at the time when the concussion lawsuits were being filed, and there was this renewed, or I would say unprecedented sensitivity to player health and safety. And I can't believe it's already been seven years, but, but the Saints were the ones who drew the short straw. But, yeah, everybody was doing it in some form or fashion, and now it's like you're not even allowed to talk about it. Yep, you're not. You're literally not. Uh, do you think, do you know, because you're the guy with all the inside information, what Jerry Jones named his yacht after winning uh, the wild card weekend that he bought for <laughs> $250 million. And are the L.A. Rams, are they a team that could go into New Orleans and win in that dome? Well, I mean, you look at what happened when they're, I, first of all, I don't know what he named his yacht. I didn't know he bought a $250 million yacht, but that would be nice to be able to afford something of that magnitude. But the Rams, I think, can go into New Orleans and win. They, they, uh, they were down big when they played in the regular season, week nine, and they came back and tied it up. And at the Saints credit, they, they found a way to, to score the final 10 points and win the game. That rushing attack that they've come up with, the C.J. Anderson acquisition, a guy who was out there for anybody to sign, a guy who had been with the Raiders for a week and was cut, a guy who was rejected by the Chiefs after they had to get rid of Kareem Hunt. They brought back Charkandrick West instead of signing C.J. Anderson. He's had three straight 100-plus yard games. Great compliment to Todd Gurley, who's still, I don't think, fully 100% after that knee swelled up on him during the regular season. And, you know, with Jared Goff, some, some real questions about how good he is and whether he is a franchise quarterback, you take a lot of heat off of him if you can run the ball the way they ran it against the Cowboys. And they just gashed the Cowboys. And if they can do that against the Saints, hopefully it's going to be a classic NFC championship game. You have to give the home team edge uh, with the noise and the hostile environment. We've seen the Rams not thrive away from from uh, from home. Not that they're great at home, but, but they're good enough to win anywhere. But you throw in that Superdome with all that noise, and, and I think that ends up being a difference maker for the Saints. Uh, but, but it's still early in the week. But for now, I'd say it's going to be very hard for the Rams to get it done. That dome is awesome wherever it's going. Mm-hmm. That place was loud. Uh, same with Kansas City. There are going to be two great environments here for championship weekend. Sharkandrick West once shit his pants in practice. They call him Sharkandrick <laughs> around the team. There's a story. That's a story you can write about on Pro Football Talk if you'd like to. Let's get to some off-the-field news that you – you seem to know more about than anybody else. I have a simple question. 
especially after the press conference today where he looked like a lost robot who was either on Adderall or the cocaine. Uh, how does Adam Gase <laughs> get that job in New York after what, what he did in Miami with not a lot of success? Is it strictly because he beat the Patriots uh, one time with the Miami Miracle? Is that why he got the Jets gig, or what do you think it is? Well, remember, he got that job in 2016 in Miami, the first year they went to the playoffs, and he got a lot out of Ryan Tannehill. That was the best year Tannehill had, and until he took a low hit from Calais Campbell in December of 2016, the, the Dolphins looked like they were in pretty good shape, not just to get to the postseason, but, but win some games there. And, and with Matt Moore playing quarterback, the, the Dolphins lost in Pittsburgh in the wild card round. And then last year, 2017, so many adversities and, and struggles and hurdles, and, and it just became too much for the Dolphins to compete. And then 2018, it was just kind of a weird, vague, ambiguous season, and Tannehill was back. But I don't think Tannehill's ever been the answer. I've never seen a team wait as long as the Dolphins have to come to the conclusion as to whether or not a guy's a franchise quarterback. Uh. But I think Gase, Gase's reputation is very simple. When it comes to working with quarterbacks, he gets the most out of them, and he will defend them. He will fight for them. He will... And I think this is the basic premise here. Not everybody's Peyton Manning. Not everybody's Tom Brady. Some guys can't lead naturally. So the team needs to step up. The coach needs to step up and make sure everyone understands this is our guy. And this is the guy you follow. And this is the guy who sets the tone. And if he isn't a natural leader, you're either going to make him into one or you're going to be that leader on his behalf. And I think that's why Gase is always so defensive of his quarterback and was so over the top behind Ryan Tannehill. And I think he's going to be the same way with Sam Darnold, and he's going to get the absolute most out of Sam Darnold. Now, where that goes remains to be seen. Whether he gets chewed up and spat out by the New York media remains to be seen. I know he's uncomfortable in those settings because he's always afraid he's going to say something that hurts his guys. But he wants to support his players. He wants to support his quarterback. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like it for his sake that, that they're coming in with, uh, you know, people skeptical it's, it's always better to come in with low expectations than high expectations. And I think when they get a chance to, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be motivated to kick the crap out of the Dolphins every time he plays them. He knows how to play the Patriots. I think that the Jets fans in time are going to be happy with what they have in Adam Gase. It seems like you're an Adam Gase guy. Well, I, I, I think that he's proven that he can get it done when it comes to quarterbacks. And people say, well, well anybody could have done it with Peyton Manning. Does anyone really think that Peyton Manning would have tolerated somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, that can't keep up with Peyton Manning. I mean, Gates had to bust his ass to keep up with Peyton Manning. Before that, Tim Tebow got thrust into the mix in Denver, and Gates had to basically, with six days' notice, rip up the playbook and come up with something that they could do to get the most out of Tim Tebow. And even though Tebow wasn't great, they got to the playoffs and they won a game that year. So he's gotten the most out of Jay Cutler. He, he did better than anyone has with Ryan Tannehill. And I think with a guy like Donald, we saw a lot of promise from Donald down the stretch. I just think Gase is going to be the guy to get the most out of him. Now, does that mean he was the first choice? No, but the Jets may ultimately be happy with what Gase does. Uh, you hit on a point there about Tannehill becoming a franchise quarterback or not. When they signed him to his huge deal, I put a tweet out that if that's what they're giving Tannehill, they're going to have to give a percentage <laughs> of the fucking team to Luck then because by this point, Luck had been to the AFC Championship game already and all that stuff. Dolphins fans came after me. They, they came after me hard about how great Tannehill is and all that stuff. And then obviously the GM. 
I got a text from the GM threatening to find me for my joke about a conference rival. I was like, the Dolphins? <laughs> I was very, I was very confused by it all, but I'm excited to see Gase. Let's flip over to Arizona now. Cliff Kingsbury, 35 and 40 as a college head coach, had a glass of coffee with or a cup of coffee with Sean McVay. They got a young quarterback in Rosen. How does Cliff Kingsbury get that gig? And is everybody in the NFL, every owner, every billionaire, every GM just hoping that they can find the next Sean McVay and become the next LA? Rams. You know, my understanding is that the Cardinals really wanted Lincoln Riley, but once it was clear he was staying put, then they moved on to Cliff Kingsbury, and that was their first choice when the hiring cycle began. And I think it shocked everyone, including Kingsbury. I mean, why else would Kingsbury take a job with USC as the offensive coordinator if he knew he was going to be in such demand in the NFL? The Jets wanted him, the Cardinals wanted him, the Cardinals got him. And my concern with Kingsbury is this. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was coming out? And there are all those different knocks on him, like he takes too many chances. He, you know, he throws, he throws into coverage too often. He's this, he's that. It knocked him all the way down to number 10. And even when he went to number 10, people were surprised. I think a lot of those knocks on Patrick Mahomes were the product of coaching. And a lot of those flaws have been coached right out of him by Andy Reid. And it just makes me wonder how responsible Cliff Kingsbury was for those limitations in Mahomes' game. And if, and if he would have been getting better coaching, at Texas Tech, would they have had a winning record? Would they have been in contention for national championships? I mean, I just don't, I don't understand it, and I understand that everyone's saying the same thing, but when have we ever seen a college coach who wasn't dominant at the college level Never. be in such, in such demand at the NFL level? I mean, of, of all the hires this year, at the time the decision was made, every one of them except Kingsbury had only one option, the team that hired him. Kingsbury is the only one that had two options, the Jets or the Cardinals, assuming the Jets would have given him an offer. But the Jets wanted him, the Cardinals wanted him, and the other seven guys, there wasn't another team that wanted him at the time that, that the offer came in. Kyler Murray, there's been a lot of talk about a potential renegotiation with the MLB. I think the MLB needs him a lot more than the NFL would, but we are in a whole new time. Kyler Murray could be a top five pick, potentially to those Cardinals. A lot of people talking about if you have an abundance of quarterbacks, you're in a good position for trade bait or anything like that with Rosen and Kyler Murray. What do you think happens with Kyler Murray in the end of this whole thing? Well, the problem for Kyler Murray is that if he wants to get drafted as high as possible by the NFL, he needs to make it clear that he's made a full and complete commitment to the NFL. Teams aren't going to run the risk of getting the Bo Jackson treatment. The Buccaneers back in 1986 made Jackson the first overall pick in the draft. He basically told him, don't do it. I'm going to play baseball. And he went and he played baseball. And I think before anyone would, would blow their first-round pick on Murray, they want to be sure he's going to show up. And, and I, I get the idea that if, if it's true that he wants $15 million from the A's and he's looking at this, uh, you, know, you look at it as a financial proposition. That's perfectly fine. But at some point, you, got, you can't keep one foot in each boat. At some point, you've got to jump in one of the boats. And he's going to play it out as long as he can. But if his goal is to get drafted as high as possible by the NFL, at, at some point before the draft, he's got to convincingly say, and they've got to believe, that he's truly all in with football, and that is being paying back the $4.66 million or giving up whatever remaining rights he has to money he hasn't gotten from the A's and just slamming the door shut on baseball because without that, he's not going to be a first-round pick. And if he's not a first-round pick, he's probably not going to play football, and he'll, ta he'll take uh, his baseball career instead. And, and that's going to be the key to me. And, and I think that's why the A's are being so accommodating with him because I think 
if if the A's can convince him to keep that one foot in the baseball boat until late April, there's a good chance he won't be drafted high enough to say, screw it, I'm not playing baseball, I'm playing football. Oh, so the MLB is trying to outwit uh, basically the NFL right now. Potentially two Heisman uh, winners in the MLB next year. That'd be interesting. Hey, Florio, uh, we have a little thing called The Room Wants to Know where the cast here has a question that they've thought deeply about and they're eager to ask Mr. Mike Florio. Diggs from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania will go first. Mike, my pie's on. Um, where is Antonio Brown going to be to start it next year? Well, did you see Jerry Rice says that Brown really wants to play for the 49ers? Yeah, now, they had a painting I, I don't that know was what, both of them together. I, I don't know what makes I don't know what makes the 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 uh the 49ers such an attractive destination for Brown, but you know, that's the one thing that's been lost in all of this. We talk about what the Steelers want to do and what they're looking to gain and what they prefer to have happen. What Brown wants is going to be a factor here and I'm I'm waiting for Brown, and he's been hinting at it. I'm waiting for him to unload at some point on the Steelers, almost like Terrell Owens started to do back in 2005 when he wanted out of the Eagles. You know, he's hinted at a few things. I think it only comes down to Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. I've heard some things about how Roethlisberger doesn't like Brown. I don't think Brown likes Roethlisberger, and that was the root of what happened a few weeks ago. And uh, I, I when when Art Rooney, the owner of the team, comes out and says, "Look, hey, all options are on the table." and I can't imagine him at this point coming back to the locker room, that's the indication of the rest of the league that they're open for business. And I think they're going to try to auction this guy off. They're going to see what they can get, get the best possible deal you can, and just move on. And if you can direct him out of the division, out of the conference, all the better. And that's why the 49ers make a ton of sense, because the Steelers only have to see him once every four years. And uh, I don't know what the schedule is when they would play them next, next but they, they just you don't next have to worry year. about Antonio Brown if you tuck him into the NFC. They play him next year. Also, Ben Roethlisberger voted least desirable teammate amongst NFL players. True story. It's a real. That's a real thing that came out. I think that meltdown. Well, we, we've heard, down but, but guys, too. we've heard that for years. There have been the stories and the rumors and the whispers, and you know, and and I remember when. When when the Steelers were at their wits' end with Roethlisberger in 2010, after he got in that trouble down in Georgia and and almost was charged with with some sort of of a crime uh, arising from the incident in the bathroom at that bar, I, I was listening to Pittsburgh talk radio then just to get a, a feel for what the fans up there were thinking. And it's like every other call was somebody who was telling some story about being out in public somewhere and having Ben Roethlisberger say something to them that they didn't like. And I, I I'm amazed nine years later that he's still there after all of that. And, and uh, th- there's, there's an argument to be made that, that, you know, he's right in the middle of all of this. And you just, you, you wonder how much longer the Steelers want that when, when you realize with some of these great young quarterbacks coming out, I think the teams that have older quarterbacks are thinking, Hey, we need to get our great young quarterback. And I'm not saying the Steelers are moving in that direction with Roethlisberger. If anything, it sounds like he's going to get another contract, but, but they have to, they have to be, aware of these stories, aware of these concerns, and at some point you have to do that balance of are we better off finding a new quarterback and moving on from the guy we have. I don't like him throwing people under the bus publicly. I, I hate that. I, I mean, as a teammate, I would like to think that if I was in that locker room, obviously not whenever I'm young, but when I got older, I would have, I feel like even as a punter or a kicker, I feel like I would have said, like in a in the locker room in front of everybody, I would be like, oh, Ben throwing Cuzzy out on the fucking news today. Like, I feel like I would have at least, because he does that on a regular basis. It's very interesting to me. Uh, next, the cra- qu- hey, Let me tell you this, Pat. The craziest thing he does, 
he does that weekly spot on 93.7 yep. fan in Pittsburgh. Back when you were growing up, it was B94, the top 40 yep. format. Because I was living there at the time. <laughs> I listen to 93.7 all the time. And he's on there every Tuesday. And he gets relaxed. He gets comfortable. And like once out of every two or three weeks, he says something he shouldn't say. And, and that's where he was calling guys out. And he, he lets his guard down. And whatever they're paying him to do it, it's not worth it because it creates far more problems for him than he needs. Well, and the rest of the NFL hates him for it. I was on ESPN the day after he did that. He, uh, by the way, no big deal. I was on ESPN, Mike Flory. I don't know if you know me. Uh, they let me talk for 45 seconds on ESPN. It was, a, uh, it was like the day after he had done that. And I said, I understand that Roethlisberger is very good, but the reason why he is not an elite guy, like the guy that everybody talks about, because he puts up all the numbers of the big-name players, all of them, but the reason why he isn't is because he does this petty stuff like this, throw people under the bus publicly. That's not what your guy does. That's not what the franchise does. And I got a lot of tweets from people around the league and messages that were like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> even like, we oh. say, even Pittsburgh but fans why, why does Mike Tomlin let him do it? Tomlin's been his coach since 2007. Really Don't you think at, at some point somebody come to him and say, Ben, you can't be like this? What? What is he going to do? He puts he put up fifty on the Colts like three years in a row. He he just has the ability to put up monster numbers and be incredible. And in a league that you're a slave to winning and losing, your happiness is a slave to winning or losing. It's like if you got a guy, you just got to deal with it almost. So I, I don't think they'll ever leave Roethlisberger until he says he's done. But I think he's a lot bigger part of the problem than anybody else is saying. All right, next question uh, is from a twenty one state uh, twenty one year state police detective. Big Colts fan. Not sure if his question will be about that or not. I have not heard these questions. Todd McComas. It is not. But, Mike, we had a little debate about this uh, earlier. Uh, any chance at all you see the Philadelphia Eagles considering keeping Foles as their guy? And if not, where do you see Foles going? Yeah, good question. Well, you know, Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, has addressed this several times. They've made it clear that Wentz is their guy. Now, if they start getting phone calls How? about Wentz, and they start getting offers about once, maybe they change their mind. I think what they're going to try to do is trade Foles if they can. And the only way to pull that off, and it's a fairly simple game of ping pong under his contract. They have a $20 million option for next year. If they exercise it, he's got a $2 million buyout. Well, then they could turn around and apply the franchise tag, and they could trade him if they can find a trade partner. I don't know who would trade for him with a franchise tag that pays out $25 million next year. But if they try to do that and they wait for the phone to ring, there's a chance the phone rings inquiring about Foles. There's a chance the phone rings inquiring about Carson Wentz. And if, if I'm the Eagles, and I've been saying this all along, once Foles came back this year and started doing the same things he did last year, after he beat the Rams, Chris Sims and I had a long conversation about this, whether or not at some point the Eagles have to have a discussion about whether it's, it's in their best interest to have Wentz or Foles. Because Wentz is a better quarterback, but the Eagles are a better team when Foles is on the field. And that's just the way it is. And maybe that's on the coaching staff for trying to do too much with Wentz and not just staying within the structure of their offense and, and what they would like to do like they do with Foles. But the bottom line is they've been very successful with Foles. Wentz has been injured each of the last two Decembers. And if you can't stay healthy in crunch time in the season, that's a factor that works against you. And I said then, after that game when they went out and, and shocked the Rams, if they get to the playoffs and if they go back to New Orleans and if they keep it within single digits after getting beat 48-7 to there with Wentz at quarterback, you have to at least get in the conference room, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeff Lurie, ordering pizza or cheesesteaks mm. or whatever, and have a 45-minute conversation on whether or not Wentz or Foles is in your best interest long term. And pick one 
and move the other one. And I feel like they've already determined that Wentz is the guy, and they may end up regretting it. If Wentz continues to get injured, yeah. if Wentz has back problems, whatever the case may be, they may end up regretting this, especially if Foles ends up, if they don't do the franchise tag thing and he walks out the door and he ends up the quarterback of the Giants or the quarterback in Washington, that could make for some interesting games coming up. Oh, Washington. I didn't even think about that because they got their own. Alex Smith got, oh, yuck. I just got <laughs> yeah. disgusted. Uh, this next question comes from a dummy from Chicago. His name's Zito Jose Perez. Mr. Florio, I have a quick question. Uh, let's go back to 2001. That's when the segment, by the way, is you do have a question. That is the segment. Well, I was just clarifying. It was a question, not a statement. Okay. <laughs> uh, when you were creating the website slash blog, uh, was there any other name, or how did that name come, come apart? Um, and well, I got started in the business writing for a website that was called NFLTalk.com, and I did that for a year or so before it went belly up when the, what, what was it, the tech bubble burst for the first time mm-hmm. in 2001. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and when I decided too. to do my own thing, it's like, well, you know, I like, I like putting talk in there somewhere and you start looking for domains and pro football talk was available. And it's like, all right, that sounds good. Let's take it. Pay <laughs> your 50 bucks or whatever it was, nine ninety nine on GoDaddy.com and off you go. <laughs> was there any second options? No, well, what's the first one's there? You don't have to think of the second option. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> if, you, if you get your first choice, you don't need a fallback plan. The fallback plan would have been, oh, shit, that one's taken. i got to come up with a different one. Plan B is just a pill until you need it. <laughs> Next question is from a guy from Boston. He's a diehard Patriots fan. He knew what hap- was going to happen to the Chargers. He knew it, but he is just blindly loyal to Belichick for good reason. Uh, his name's Boston Connor. He's very loud. Yeah, I am not blind. I am blindly loyal, though, Mike. How are you? Uh, quick question. What are the chances Rob Gronkowski is on the football field next year? I'd be surprised if he's back. Look, I firmly believe that if they would have beaten the Eagles in Super Bowl 52, he would have retired either immediately after the game or not long after the game. I was hearing a lot of buzz in Minneapolis that week about a potential high-profile retirement after the game. A lot of talk about how Gronkowski's family has been leaning on him to walk away. He doesn't need the money. He's never spent a dime of his football money. He's lived off of his marketing dollars. And it's with all consider all the injuries he's had. He's had the the multiple broken arms, right? the plate that got infected, and he had the pick line and and oh, the, the staph infection from that. He's had torn ACLs. He's had back surgeries multiple times. But the concussions give the family concern, and the family has been leaning on him to walk away. And and I don't know whether we're seeing a guy who's like tentative and concerned about uh, a potential additional head injury at this point. I don't know what seems different about the guy, but he definitely seems different. And I think this is it for him. I don't know that. But based upon what I heard last year, I think he decided after they lost to the Eagles to give it one more run. But uh, I think he walks after this season. Again, I haven't heard that, but it's consistent with everything that I heard back in February. And I really think that if they would have emerged from Super Bowl 52 with a victory, he'd have just walked off into the sunset. Well, you know, he does have a lucrative acting career waiting for him. <laughs> that, was the, that was the Rosenhaus sports uh, announcement whenever there was a thought of retirement. Rob Gronkowski is considering retiring for a lucrative acting career, kind of letting everybody know that if he does go into acting, it will be a lucrative career, yeah, which I assume because he's the Gronk and he's big and he's awesome. That, that well, fuck- I mean, look, this guy can make, I don't know how many million a year just being Gronk. You know, the big mm-hmm. lovable doofus that shows up, does something funny, yells like sure. a frat boy. 
and uh, and moves on to the next thing. I love Gronk, by the way. I know there's some people that hate him, but I think the one thing that you get from Gronk is he's always Gronk. I don't think Gronk is ever anybody else other than Gronk. That's why I respect him and appreciate him so much. Next question comes from a miserable man from Iowa, Ty Schmidt. Hey, Mike, uh, big Packers fan. Uh, not really too enthused about who they hired. What are What's your take on Matt LaFleur? Do you think that's a good fit in uh, Green Bay? What did happen there? That was out of nowhere yeah. for you. Yeah, and, and that was the guy that, that went first, right? He interviewed on Sunday. On Monday, he gets a call from Aaron Rodgers. That goes well. Ten minutes later, he gets a call from Mark Murphy, the CEO of the Packers, and Brian Gutekunst, the GM, and they offer him the job. And look, the Packers spent so much time trying to make everyone think Aaron Rodgers was going to have no input in this one. Well, it's stupid if he doesn't. They're paying him $33.5 million a year. He's the face of the franchise. He's the most important employee, most important figure altogether in a publicly traded company that has no owner. He is the owner of the Green Bay Packers. And I think they wanted somebody that Rodgers was comfortable with, that Rodgers believes he can work with, that Rodgers thinks will put together the kind of offense that he needs to be successful, and that Rodgers will have the ability, if he doesn't like something, He's going to do whatever he wants, and it's not going to make Matt LaFleur upset. You know, there's a lot of friction that they spent a lot of time trying to cover up in Green Bay between Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, and I think they're trying to get away from that. And I think LaFleur will get away from that because LaFleur is not going to question Rodgers. He's going to let Rodgers do what he does. If you're going to make that kind of financial investment in the guy, why don't you let the guy do what he wants? Why don't you let him be Peyton Manning? I mean, they let Peyton Manning ultimately do whatever he wanted to do, both in Indy and in Denver, and it worked. Yeah. And I think that's the, the <laughs> yeah. phase that they're sliding into. And Matt LaFleur is going to be the guy responsible for basically letting Aaron Rodgers do whatever he wants to do. And Gase is somehow getting head coaching jobs because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting, though, that Rodgers gives him a call. and goes, Yeah, he's okay. You can hire him. <laughs> Ten-minute conversation. What's up, bud? What's your favorite cereal? <laughs> you like scotch? Me too. All right. You going to protect me? Yeah, all right. We're going to build up this team a little bit? Yep. We're going to sling it? Yep. All right, I'll call Murphy right now. <laughs> I, uh, I, Aaron Rodgers is the face of that franchise, no doubt. He got the he got the reins of that a long time ago, and I'm very. I hope they make him happy because watching Aaron Rodgers go to work is something that every NFL fan enjoys. This next question comes from a guy who was Ursay's right hand man for a long time. He's older than you, Jeff Gorman. I don't know about older than Florio. I think you are. Born in '65. Yeah, he got me by three years. Mike, how are you? It's good to talk to you. Kitchens hired in Cleveland. Why is he the right guy for Baker Mayfield? Why is he like Well, what? Yeah. I, 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 look, I, some of the other teams in the division are very happy about Freddie Kitchens being the head coach. He's Ooh. never a guy that was viewed as a head coaching candidate. He got demoted by Bruce Arians in Arizona. He got knocked out from quarterbacks coach to running backs coaches last year there. He was in the right place at the right time to step into the offensive coordinator role. It was great. When they fired Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley on the same day, they had a press conference that week with Greg Williams after he got the interim head coaching job, and they asked him about Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator. So that wasn't my decision. And, uh, <laughs> and off we go from here. But it worked. And I think that at the end of the day, and I heard this, that it was a tug of war between the football people in Cleveland, the football people, John Dorsey, et cetera. They wanted Kitchens, the analytics guys, because Paul DePodesta still is there and still has a lot of juice. He wanted Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings offensive coordinator, and Baker Mayfield broke the tie. And Baker Mayfield wanted Freddie Kitchens. And they, they, I, I think they, they just concluded, look, it worked last year with Kitchens and Mayfield. Let's keep these two together and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, oh boy, oh, we'll hire another head coach. I mean, hell, they have, they've hired five in the last 
seven years. <laughs> hey, so what if we have to hire one more? But I think they want to see if they got something magical going with kitchens. If they do, they do. If they don't, they'll get somebody else. Mayfield's going to be there 15 years. They can uh, they can afford to swing and miss on the first coach they hire after they drafted Mayfield. Bruce Arians wanted that gig. Bruce Arians wanted that Cleveland gig. He ends up in Tampa. Why'd that happen? And why did Bruce Arians all of a sudden pivot to Tampa? Well, it's weird because he made it clear that that's the only job he'd want. Yeah. It was the only one. Because I thought it'd be perfect for, for, for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yep. And Bruce Arians came out and said, no, I don't want Green Bay. The only one I want is Cleveland. And he was on that NFL's career advisory development panel where they identify the coaching candidates for the coming year. And uh, they, they asked him multiple times, are you done? Are you really? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Otherwise, they want to put him on the panel. I mean, he's identifying candidates. He ends up being a candidate. <laughs> but that Buccaneers job worked out perfectly for him because Jason Light, the GM of the team, wanted to stay in place, wanted somebody that would come in and coach up Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians was willing to come in and take the job knowing that Winston's the guy. And I think it's going to be the, the ultimate boom or bust. It's either going to be great, it's going to work out, and Winston's going to become the guy they've wanted him to be, and they're going to win a bunch of games and get back into the playoff conversation, or it's just going to implode, and Winston's going to be gone, Arians is going to be gone, Light's going to be gone, and the Buccaneers are going to have to start over. But they need somebody that generates some excitement down there, somebody who can sell tickets. I mean, he couldn't give tickets away last year, and I think Arians has the swagger necessary to, to make something happen, or, or just like with the Browns, they'll be right back where they, they, they are in a few years, hiring a new head coach. I think the teams that, that go through a lot of coaches, I think they're willing to take chances because, yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? We'll be hiring a new head coach. All right, we are now. We were doing it two years ago. We'll likely do it two years from now again. Uh, Nick Morado, also a Pittsburgh native. Mike, you alluded to it earlier for the upcoming auction for AB services. What's a reasonable return to expect if he were traded? And then also, I know you're a big-time hockey guy. What's your mid-season Stanley Cup favorite pick? And that's hockey talk. Well, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big hockey guy when the postseason rolls around. Me too. And I don't know what the hell's going on. Me too. I, I, don't watch, I don't watch any of it until the postseason rolls around just because it doesn't have the same intensity. And, and the football stuff keeps me too occupied to really enjoy it the way I'd like to. It starts, the postseason starts at a perfect time, just as the draft is arriving. Once the draft is over, I can throw myself into playoff hockey. I just hope the Pe- my only hope every year is the Penguins make it to the playoffs, and then we can figure out where they are and, and whether or not they have a chance. But with Antonio Brown, uh, I, look, I think the Steelers are setting this up to, to get multiple teams to come to the table because then you don't need that, that leverage that comes from acting like you would keep him. They don't have to pretend they want him. I mean, that's great leverage. Hey, if somebody wants to trade for Antonio Brown, oh, they, I don't like your offer, screw it, we'll just keep him. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers need that. Somebody is going to step up and try to get him because the contract is very affordable. He's got three years left at just under $39 million. In comparison to some of the other top receivers, that's a steal. And none of it's guaranteed. You can take it year to year. And, and I don't know what, what would be reasonable, but I think if you get two or three or four teams that all want him, I think he can get a one for him. I mean, if, if the Raiders got a one for Amari Cooper yeah. and they're looking at a gigantic financial investment they're going to have to make in him either this year or next year, I think you can get a one for Antonio Brown from a team that feels like it's close, from a team that feels like it's just that, that one top receiver away from being a real playoff contender, and, uh, and is willing to roll the dice and mortgage that, that uh, little chunk of the future for a guy who can come in right away and, and make the offense a lot better. Lev Bell, A.B., and James Harrison all ready to go to the same teams, by the way, for those keeping track at home, keeping score yeah. at home. Gase, Gase is going to get them all. I, I, Gase, I'm kidding about that. Gase. I thought all along that the Jets would be the team that makes the run for Le'Veon Bell, though. Mm. 
Yeah, me too. They got the money. They got the stardom, and they also have a young quarterback, which is what a Didi. What's his name? Adari uh, Adisa Bakari. Him. He said the agent said he's always wanted. Last question comes from a Michigan kid. He's very young and dumb. Evan Fox. Keep it simple, Mike. Who's winning the Super Bowl? There we go. You know, uh, as much as uh, and we did a poll at PFT of which Super Bowl do you want to see? Patriots, Rams, Patriots, Saints, Chiefs, Rams, Chiefs, Saints, and there is a huge gap between the two options that include the Chiefs and the two options that include the Patriots. People are sick of the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right now, I'm leaning Patriots, Saints, Super Bowl, and Patriots beat the Saints in the Super Bowl. And maybe Tom Brady rides off in the sunset. Maybe maybe it'll be Brady and Gronk hand in hand. Uh, you know, when maybe each have one hand on the on the trophy and just kind of walk away and hold it up in the air and you roll the credits and they're both gone. Oh, and then Patriots fans <laughs> have to deal with the post-Brady, post-Gronk, New England Patriots. Julian Edelman's a hell of a player. That, mm-hmm. that team is fun to watch. I, I Philip Rivers, that video I put out, him never. I was pulling hard for that guy, but it just seems like an inevitable force whenever you're going against the Patriots, especially now that they have a chip on their shoulder. Mr. Florio, I appreciate you so much, brother. Have an incredible day and... Uh, Take care and enjoy this time off from the road. All right. Hey, great talking to you guys. Anytime you need me, Pat, you know where to find me, pal. Are you going to be down at the Super Bowl? Obviously. I'll be there. Oh, I won't be there all week. I think I'm going to be down there, too, with something pretty pretty large. I think I'm going to be... With something pretty large? Is that what you said? Yeah, like, you know how... I've been on down there on Radio Row, and all these players come through with their sponsorships, and they're just plugging things. I think I'm going to be a sponsored one of those things, but mine's <laughs> pretty large. Mine's pretty awesome. We'll, uh, we'll get you on. We'll, we'll save a spot for you. That means a Unless lot. it's so big that it's even too big for, for our little show. I mean, there's a chance you're going to move into a stratosphere here yeah. where you're just kind of like, who are you guys again? So yeah. we're going to yeah. enjoy the relationship <laughs> before you outgrow us. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. I'm very lucky that you're a friend. I'm very lucky you came on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, check out Pro Football Talk for all you need. One-stop shop like a dictionary of NFL, Mike Florio. Thank you, buddy. Cheers, brother. All right, thanks, Dad. Let's get topical. Jackie R. Moore. The UK newspaper, the Daily Star, which is basically, like I think it's like TMZ for over there. Okay. Uh, big gotcha journalist. Oh. They recently had a uh, exclusive interview with The Rock, where basically all he did was just uh, like take take down snowflake culture. Uh, they quoted him as saying, and they use it on the front page: "This generation is doing nothing but looking for a reason to be offended." He since come out and like blasted back at them big time, uh, saying he's been misquoted. People are kind of taking the Rock side big time. Obviously, everyone loves the Rock. Do you think someone's trying to take him down or has something against him? I was about to say it sounds like not everybody does love the Rock because even if the Rock says that, you would think the person would be like, "Well, we don't want to bury the Rock, so we're not going to put that quote on the front fucking page." Mm-hmm. Somebody's trying to bury the Rock. I wish The Rock would start cutting a promo like the old days, like in WWE. Like the UK Daily wants to come after The Rock and does like a whole thing. I told them jabronis to shove it up their fucking... But he wouldn't do that because he's potentially running for president. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a reason why he can't have the millennials turning on him, by the way, because a lot of his career is pivoted off of his Instagram being so huge. He's been doing the selfie videos on Instagram for years. At the beginning, I was following along. I'm like, oh, this is The Rock. The Rock was cool. It's turned into an entire business for him. You've watched Kevin Hart do the same thing following The Rock's lead. The Upside was the number one movie of the weekend. And if you watch the social media push that Kevin Hart put behind it, it was next level. The Rock is like, 
the grandmaster of a social media marketing scheme whenever he comes to a movie star. He's giving people access behind things that people haven't had. He's showing pictures of him and on sets and having conversations in between scenes and what's about to happen behind the scenes of movies, which you would always have been taboo, you would think, to give away anything you're working on. The Rock has really changed the game, and it's all on millennial platforms. So he can't be having millennials turn on the kid. The Rock cannot have millennials. If he gets... If the millennials turn on him on his Instagram and China turns on him for his movies, The Rock knows he's done. And he's rich. And he'll be rich forever, but he knows the, the career won't continue to ascend. He, he's, he's on one, a one-way trip to the top, though. Mm -hmm. No matter what you... Every movie that he makes people make fun of, it does $100 million in the box office worldwide. And now he's starting to put that into his quotes, by the way. Into his captions. He's starting to acknowledge worldwide is all he cares about. Worldwide. He starts putting the planet Earth little emoji in there now. Worldwide. Worldwide. He basically, he's saying, y'all motherfuckers might get mad at me here in the United States, but ain't nobody touching me internationally. I'm a monster. And he is... And he's probably going to be president one day. He can't be having a millennials turn on him, though, on his Instagram. Can't no, have that. Instagram not. is a picture of the millennials. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, is, it, is the, it is the picture of millennials. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. And The Rock knows that. Mm -hmm. He's probably so pissed off. I'll be excited to hear if they have a recording of that thing, of that interview. From, from the sounds of it, like, he never even gave the quote, didn't even know that he was going to be appearing in the issue or anything like that. Like, he was really pissed. So what's he doing? He's just walking down the street. Somebody's walking behind him. Maybe. And they, and they just hear him, like, maybe talking shit, like, uh, these people are just looking to be offended about something. Maybe it's his friend Kevin Hart. So let's set the scene a little bit. Maybe mm -hmm. his friend Kevin Hart gets booted from the Oscars. Mm -hmm. The Rock is walking somewhere or having a dinner somewhere. Somebody sitting at the table next to him overhears him saying, oh, these people are looking to get offended. Bing, bang, boom. Turns into the millennials or a generation looking to get offended. Game of telephone happens. Now The Rock's career is almost going into the shitter because of <laughs> One because of what Kevin Hart tweeted 10 years ago. Wow. Can't believe that happened to him. I'm a rock guy, man. I'm a rock guy through and through. Sometimes I'm like, oh, hey, we, we did too much there. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, all right, we did too much there. But at the end, you're like, man, the guy's winning. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy is, he had seven bucks at one time. Yeah. Though. Seven bucks production. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's crushing it. Worldwide emoji. Worldwide, wide, wide. So the last one we got here, I uh, don't know if you saw it, a picture of just a regular ass egg saw that. on Instagram oh, yeah. uh, eclipsed Kylie Jenner's record of 18 million plus likes. I mean, that just diminishes all clout in Instagram, doesn't it? I mean, uh, that's the way I look at it. I it's mean, like, that's, that's a big time egg. Let's not, yeah, there's not just is. any egg could do that. There's a lot of boring ass eggs on Twitter that have been trying to do stuff like this for a long <laughs> time. This egg is a legit egg. But the, the thing that I learned about this whole thing is that Kylie Jenner had an 18 million likes on a photo. That's the only thing. I didn't even know that was a record. I had no idea. This, they say the devil works hard, mm -hmm. but Kris Jenner works harder. Mm -hmm. This lady has pivoted. Obviously, the O.J. Simpson trial helps, gets the name out there. But if we, this all comes down to an adult video, a homemade video with Ray J and her daughter. Kris Jenner has pivoted this into another daughter who I don't even think was born yet at the time having the most liked picture on Instagram out of any celebrity worldwide, wide, wide. There's royalty on Instagram. Mm -hmm. There's like actual kings and queens on, on fucking Instagram. There's the rocks on Instagram. These people who have done many, many things are on Instagram. And the sister 
of Kim Kardashian now has the most liked Instagram, and she's worth a billion dollars, and her soon-to-be husband or whatever is performing at the halftime of Super Bowl. Kris Jenner is undefeated. Kris Jenner is undefeated. There ain't nobody like Kris Jenner except for Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the male version of Kris Jenner. What she, she's the best promoter in history. So let me ask you this. You think while all this shit was going on, she already had something up her sleeve? Like, okay, we, we need to, you know, get ahead of this and make sure we get back on top. Or you think she just doesn't give a fuck? I think Kris Jenner's running the egg. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I think. I think Kris Jenner's running the egg just to showcase that Kylie Jenner once had a picture that was $18 million. That would not surprise me. Because you're right. I mean, like, you weren't hearing – it wasn't just the egg. In every story, it was the egg takes over Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Kylie. Right. Yeah, Kylie. Chris Jenner was running that egg. Easiest answer I've ever heard to something in my life. And I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. And see, now her fans are going to want her to get the thing back again. Mm-hmm. So now it's – now she's going to bust it again. It's a nonstop. Chris Jenner – they say it's a lot about Belichick – Chris Jenner is playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. Travis Scott in the goddamn halftime show. Yeah. Wild news. Out of, in Atlanta, by the way, Travis Scott becomes... You, do you know how deep the history of rap music is in Atlanta? Pretty deep. Pretty, pretty <laughs> deep. And it's a big boy. Deservedly so. I do hope Andre Three Stacks makes an appearance with him. Maybe an outcast throwback. I hope that happens for sure. But, man, there's a lot of OGs floating around those Atlanta streets. Travis Scott gets in there, and he's getting paid, supposedly. $500,000 going back to a social justice. Uh, donated. He's donating that to a social justice thing. Normally, Super Bowl halftime performers don't get it's paid. It's free, right? Yeah. yeah, it's free because you're getting in front of uh, 150 million people. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Chris Jenner is a fucking boss, man. I hope you enjoyed. Let's get topical. Uh, to be honest, it was strictly for our YouTube. So if you'd like to go check out our YouTube, it's The Pat McAfee Show. Uh, send us a picture of you commenting on one of our YouTube videos, and you could potentially win a $100 gift card to the store.patmcafeeshow.com. We appreciate you all so, 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 so much. Have an incredible rest of your Tuesday. Heartland Radio 2.0 is tomorrow. Download that on every podcast app thingy. You get it. Schmidt, hit the music. Come along, catch a half a lump Sit with me on a muddy clump We'll sing a song of days gone by Run along now, don't be glum Get you gone now, have some fun Don't be long for the end is nigh Don't let moments pass along And waste before your eyes Watch with me Keeping time by a pendulum
There's no such thing as time to kill Nor time to throw away So once for the bright sky Twice for the pigsty Thrice for another day Come, 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 come along now Run away from the humdrum We'll go to a place that is safe from Greed, anger and boredom We'll dance and sing till sundown And feast with abandon We'll sleep when the morning comes And we'll rise by the sound of the bird song a rare type specimen cuddle up with a hesitant skeleton we'll break our fast with friends once we're fed we shall disappear rapidly many moons to the west of here and happily our journey never ends shut your ears when sirens sing tie our bands to Listen up and you won't go wrong again Float along on the first the song And then get to where the two ends meet Come, 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 come along now Run away from the humdrum We'll go to a place that is safe from Greed, anger and boredom We'll dance and sing till sundown And feast with abandon We'll sleep when the morning comes And we'll rise by the sound of the bird song